Dayton, the city of a thousand factories. It has long been an industrial linchpin of the Midwest, and scant two decades past the turn of the century, the Gem City is roaring along with the rest of the 20s. It's a decade of change. Women have the vote. Alcohol is banned. The Great War is over, and the decimation of the Spanish flu is coming to a close. Thanks to the gumption and innovation of two native Daytonians, mankind has begun to conquer the sky itself. Last episode. The group got to follow a mysterious figure on the orders of Lib, the Queen of Haymarket. It was a night of ups and downs, and they found that she was driving and collaborating with various very wealthy individuals throughout Dayton. They also ran into somebody who was evidently capable of seeing through Helena's obfuscation. And a follow-up talk with uh, Tommy got them a meeting with a man of mystery three nights hence. What that will bring, time will tell. They managed to complete their job, finding out various facts which they passed along to Lib, and receiving boons and payment, and a promise of more work in a week when she checked back with them. Left to their own devices after a harrowing night, the Coterie split up to tend to their own business. And so, you wake the next day with evening's freshness. Go ahead and roll me rouse checks, my bloodsuckers. Here we go. <sighs> Just fed. With a sanguine enthusiast. <laughs> uh, pass. Sanguine enthusiast. Uh, that's a fail. Oh, um. It's a fail. Fail for Tommy, hunger three. Sweeping the board. How's Helena looking? Uh, I don't know my hunger. I'm just quickly getting that file. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm currently not on my main computer. Take your time. Your beast but has all the time in the world. It didn't get hungrier. Didn't get hungrier. So that's all right. Now. Tommy, you wake feeling hungrier. But for a change, it's not your sire's voice in your head. Here we go. Wake up, soldier! You are late for reveal! Get up, get to it. There's work to be done. There's blood There's blood to be drained. Call somebody in and do what you did to Luke. Finish him off now, boy. That's an order. Hut, hut. Tommy sighs. This is, this is getting out of hand now. He was fine with his sire's voice telling him what to do, but he didn't take kindly to Potter ordering him around, and yet, he can't deny, he is hungry. So as he steps into his office, rubbing his hands together, calls in one of his, one of his button men, and looks him in the eyes, and he says, hey look, you know, I, uh, I know the night's young, but uh, I got some expenditures I gotta make early. So, uh, how we looking? Uh, someone out there uh, losing to the house yet? 
Michael Two Pipes looks back at you. He's called that because he broke one of them and had to finish the job with another he scrounged up. Hmm. I don't know, boss. I could go check. Don't think nobody's standing out, but... If you give me a moment, I'll go see. And Tommy, I would like you to roll me your resource dots. Very well, resources. Two dots. Actually, it would be your casino patrons heard. Ah, my casino patrons heard. But that's also two, so yeah, let's see what you got. Two either way, so... One success. After a few moments, he comes back with a small, nervous man behind him. Mr. Daimler here just lost big on the roulette wheel. Michael says, and uh, you're not, he walks out and closes the door behind him. Mr. Daimler, says Tommy, leaning over his desk. He gestures towards the Calvinator. Go on, take a drink on me. We got some things to discuss. Uh, um, yes, sir. That's awful kind of you, sir. <laughs> Mr. Daimler is sweating. He did not expect the ball to land on red. <laughs> he goes and pours himself a stiff drink and gulps it down like it's the it gets the nectar of the gods. And for Tommy, it is. After all, each of the bottles in that fridge there has a drop of his sire's blood diluted in the whiskey. Tommy watches Mr. Daimler take his drink, nods in approval, and he says, Zoe, you just lost big on the wheel, huh? Uh, Yes, sir, but don't worry. I'll make it good. I will. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will, but listen, I uh, I'm in a rush tonight. I got some stuff I need to be doing, so uh, tell you what, I'm gonna just uh, take a little bit of uh, collateral now, and then I'll let you back to your devices. You know, let you either win it all back or dig yourself a bigger hole. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know what I could offer as collateral. My wallet's pretty near empty. Tommy almost leaps over the desk as his eyes glow, flashing Ah! serpentine yellow, freezing Mr. Daimler to the spot. Ah! (laughs) And then Tommy sinks his fangs into the pathetic Uh. degenerate's neck. Doesn't kill him. Not this time. This this man hasn't had a chance to work back his debt. This is only some collateral. Some insurance to... Scare him into f- straightening up and flying right. Tommy's feeling merciful tonight. Tommy takes what he needs. And then he... Very reluctantly withdraws denying the beast that last satisfying drop and as Mr. Daimler lies in a stupor in the office chair in front of Tommy's desk Tommy pats him on the shoulder 
Hey, you're a good sport, Mr. Daimler. You rest up now, and uh, when you're ready, tables will be waiting for you. That's pretty kind of you, say. Thank you. Mr. Daimler is confused and troubled. He'll go out. He'll go walking out of here thinking you did something entirely inappropriate to him, based on the endorphins in his system. But he's in so deep he won't talk to a soul about it. Now, oh great! You remember, mouth shut, wallet open. That's how you get yourself out of this mess. Tommy brushes his hands together and steps out of the office, leaving Mr. Daimler to recover in peace. And we'll get back to Tommy. Sam. You're woken to that horrible, horrible gurgling voice in the back of your skull again. Has she woken yet? Just two rooms away. Could go sink your fangs in before she awakes. Take that sweet, sweet red. Keep on going. Sam punches his pillar. Sick of this every single night. Then listen to me! Punches his pillow again and just sits upright. Yeah, the pillow puffs out a little bit of mold, but is otherwise unaffected. Oh. <laughs> the I'm assuming you're still sleeping at the kennel, yeah? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Quiet out here. A few lights in the distance from a nearby farmhouse. Fields all the way around. The city's starting to creep up toward this direction, but it'll take a while to get here. Do you do anything to calm your nerves, or do you just uh, try to walk uh, it off? No, Sam's just gonna uh, continue percolate, percolating, probably like most mornings, just sitting and stewing. Most evenings, yeah. <laughs> It's fine. Trying to figure out what the hell to do with yourself now, Sam. They've let you out of the box. But they've given you something... They've given you a puzzle that's hard to approach. No real clear guidance there. You're just gonna have to figure out what to make out of it yourself. Just like the rest of his um, own life, just one foot after the other, step by step, not looking too much further ahead. Let's move on to a hotel room in the uh, basement of the Algonquin Hotel. I assume that's where Morgan's hold up? Uh, most likely, yeah. We need to hunt something. We need to kill something. This stinking place full of easy prey is too close together. You 
not be a challenge to pull one of them without getting caught, wouldn't it? Hmm. I suppose it would. No, but I'm sure a better opportunity will show itself. Yeah. Morning, bright eyes. So that is Al as you use yourself out of the steamer trunk. Anything on the docket for today? No, there's no, nothing specific, was there? For the moment. Don't think so. Yeah. You all did that job last night. I'm not sure how that went, but you looked happy when you came in, so they, I guess it went well. Yeah, when well, we learned some interesting things. Alright. Then I'll keep making money and uh, spending my nights in revelry and song until you say otherwise, sir. Sounds like a plan. Oh, and if you need walking around money, I found a pretty good racket. He slides over a stack of 20s. I knew there was a reason I kept you around. Oh, sure is. Fuck ain't for my charming good looks. <laughs> <sighs> and we'll cut back to Tommy. As he gets a phone call. Tommy steps into his office, hearing the phone ring. Makes his way to the desk and hoists up the receiver. Um, sir, sir, you recognize the voice? It's Mooney, one of the men who's technically in charge over near the uh, Flanagan's spot. Mooney, you're uh, you're over at Flanagan's. Uh... You you you've got some visitors, sir. Visitors. They say that they had business with the guy who was here before, and now since it's your place, they got business with you all, sir. What, what, are they looking to buy some hooch? Hear him stammer a bit, then hear the sound of the phone being pulled. Get your coterie, get your ass over here, we need to fucking talk. Now, wait a goddamn second. You walk into my establishment, my turf, rough up my boys, demand my presence, and you don't yes. even have the good grace to tell me your name? Nope. God damn it. I guess I got no choice then. Seeing now you're getting the picture. Click. <laughs> Tommy finishes his sentence, seeing how he's obviously kindred and all. He sighs again, and he dials the number for Morgan's Hotel. Asks the kind receptionist to put him through to Mr. Morgan. Oh, yes, sir. Um, just a moment, and I'll let somebody know that he, somebody wants him on the phone. This is in the time before individual 
rooms had a phone. So after a few moments, there's a knock on the door and uh, there's somebody on the phone for you, Mr. Conley. Did they say who? I believe that was... Did he, I can't recall, actually. Did he identify yourself? Yeah, he did say, he said, Tommy, he said, he said tell him hey, Tommy Mr. wants to talk. A Mr. Tommy, sir. Uh, okay, I'll be down in a moment. You want me? As soon as she's gone, Al looks at you. You want me along to make sure you're talking to the right end? <laughs> I'll just get, it just gets the usual dirty look and it's just, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> all right, all right, just don't try wrapping it like a telegraph again. That never works out well. Once I've you do find your way up there, and and the helpful lady pretty much offers you the phone that then excuses herself out of the office. All right, you called for me. Oh, is that is that Morgan's voice I hear? First try as well. I I thought you'd be uh I thought you'd be uh speaking into the uh into the dialing mechanism or something. Yeah, but I guess you got out there. He can tell you which way's the right way to talk into it. Uh, listen, uh, we got someone over at Flanagan's. Now, don't know who they are, but uh, they're one of us. Said get the coterie together, head down there. They got some business with us, and I got a feeling they're not interested in buying hooch either. Well, that's just perfect, ain't it? <laughs> so I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna warm up uh, Tin Lizzie. Start making my way. Start making my way round to you. Pick you up, and uh, maybe you might uh, get in touch with Sam and uh, Dollface, and uh, make sure they're ready for a night on the town. I I got a feeling this is gonna end up being a little more than just. Uh, Meeting, if you know what I mean. Suppose there were some more neighbors we haven't met yet. Could well be, but uh, yeah. they didn't say who they were, so uh, I'm gonna be packing heat just in case. And uh, well, I guess I don't need to tell you to do the same. You would guess correctly. All right then, Mr. Morgan. I'll uh, be around, pick you up uh, about 30 minutes. I'll see you soon. And then Tommy hangs up as a click. The line goes dead. Morgan stands there awkwardly for a moment as he's doesn't want to admit he doesn't quite know how to hang up a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an intelligence check, Morgan. Just flat intelligence. Oh, my best start. <laughs> yeah. well, it's one success and my one die. <laughs> well, it's got that little cradle right there 
that looks like it kind of fits this end of things. You're damned if you know what it's called, but it fits back there and stops buzzing, so you're assuming that's a good thing. And by the time you're out the door, the memory of what you did is already fading from you. <laughs> Next time he's yeah. just gonna leave it, he's just gonna drop it, leave it dangling from the wall. <laughs> Alright. So where you going, Morgan? Oh. I'll head back to yeah, head back to my room and get, get Al to see if he can get in contact with Helena and Sam. Mm. Let them know what's going on. They didn't leave no forwarding address, but uh, mm. I might have done some following on the sly a night or two ago, and I know the rough area where they go to after they're done here. It would give away the game a little if you went there, but. I mean, we don't have any other way of contacting them. I know of. You wanna? That is a fair point. Nah. I don't think we will just yet. We'll wait for Tommy to get here and see if he has any ideas. Alright. So Tommy doesn't Especially, he, he's not very good at letting Morgan know that he's arrived. He doesn't tell the receptionist that Morgan's ride is here. The only way Morgan is aware that Tommy is here to pick him up is about 20 minutes later, when Morgan's just waiting in his room, he suddenly hears from street level a series of loud car horns. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Just on and on and on and on. And when he peers yeah. through the window, he sees Tin Lizzie just on the edge of the curb there in front of the hotel, engine still running. Tommy peering up to the window, waving, and then continuing to slam his hand on the horn. Beep, 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 beep. That's true, he doesn't know exactly which room Morgan's in, so... Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of assuming. He doesn't exactly want to show his face He's ignoring, like, dirty looks from passing dowagers and, you know, couples out in the night out of town. Somebody leaning down, I tell you, these automobile things are too entirely classless. Horses you can train to be silent, at least. Relevant... Uh, Oh, it takes a moment. It's just, what the hell is that? Then once you Probably a resident font of fucking subtlety intact. Shall we be off? Right. A carriage doubtless awaits. Should we should be off? That hopefully that'll get him to shut up. Say what you will about horses, Al, but at least they ain't loud. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, you shot enough of them. I know that we both know that's a lie. Come on, let's go. <laughs> All right, and you head up and out and find Tommy there, being, you know, studious ignored by a passerby. Tommy's just hanging out the driver's side window. He's looking at this man who's commented on how loud Tin Lizzie is and Morgan just hears Tommy say yeah well 
Horse. Horse just shits everywhere. Well, if our tax dollars have to go somewhere, they might as well go toward cleaning the streets, says the man. Well, behind him, a uh, timid woman is kind of tugging his arm and looking anxious. She at least knows danger when she sees it. Well, what about if I don't pay taxes, smartass? What then? Yes, you, you about looked the sort. I had you pegged for a ruffian the moment I saw you. Tommy's... Tommy's just smiling. He's he's not particularly upset. He's, he's just a, a, a enjoying needling this man. And he just nods and he says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like you're a genius. Good judge of character. So with that in mind, why don't uh, you, know, you uh, push on there and uh, leave me to honk my horn in peace? Unless you'd like to make an issue of it. Now that sounds like a um, manipulation intimidation roll there, Tommy. Indeed With it another is. die thrown in because there's something almost inhuman about you. That's four successes. That's a man who's stuttering and stammering and his wife finally gets a good grip on him and says, I'm damnly sorry for all the trouble we have to go. Goodbye, sir. And early... But, but today's Clarence don't start. Let's go. And they're down the sidewalk in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, th I thought as much. Uh, Mr. Morgan, uh, sorry you had to witness that. I, uh, well, I was hoping not to make a scene, but, uh, if, uh, his pretty lady hadn't, uh, had that lick of sense about her, uh, maybe I might have, uh, had to, uh, you know, put a little scare into him. Ah. Subtlety, says Al. It's all good now. They won't be running their mouths about old Tommy anytime soon. So, uh, please, yeah, climb on in. He gestures towards the back seat. Uh, you might want to be careful, uh, still some dirt, mud there from where Sam was sitting, uh, maybe, uh, put a washcloth over it so, uh, you don't, uh, dirty up your, your, your spurs there. As he, as he hops in, he resists the urge to accidentally cut up your seat with his spurs. <laughs> <laughs> there is some pretty heavy patchwork down there. It's obviously that this car has seen quite a lot. Yeah. And is that a tooth yeah. embedded in a seat? Yeah, whatever. Okay, so, uh, Sam and Helena, uh, managed to get in touch with them. Well, as I got off, phone with, got off the phone with you, it dawned on me that they haven't exactly left us any way of contacting them. Hmm, you and me both. Uh, between you and me, I'm starting to think that pretty little doll face don't exactly like me. So, how are we going to get a hold of them? 
Well, we were kind of hoping you had some ideas. Does Tommy have any clue even what part of town Sam and Helena currently reside in? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, Is Helena still in Tommy's office? <laughs> no. Okay, that would make things easy, but no. Um, so what I would like you to do there, Sam, is roll me the number of dots in Sam's Haven plus your uh, wits and stealth. Can do. And what I would like Tommy to do is roll his intelligence plus streetwise plus the number of dots he's got in his contacts. Alright, so that's going to be a dice pool of six. Uh, that is that is a one from Sam. That was not a good roll. That is three from Tommy. And it occurs to him that Tommy does keep tabs on what goes in on the inner city, and that a couple of repeated times he's heard word of two suspicious characters. A heavily bandaged, uh, some kind of war veteran maybe, and a absolutely drop-dead gorgeous nervous-looking young lady. Looks good attention. Taking a streetcar north into Dayton View. Look, he, uh, he mentioned something about uh, animals, uh, if I recall. Uh, now, up north in Dayton View, uh, I think there's a kennel or something up that way. Come on, let's go check it out. Uh, worst case scenario, we'll, ju we'll just drive around the block a few times and see if we happen to lay eyes on him. So that does raise the question. Well, with a net of two, you've got the rough neighborhood and maybe within a few blocks, but, you know. What the hell? You've got a car. All right. This does raise the question. What are what did Sam and Helena have planned for tonight? Anything in particular? Uh, Sam had nothing planned. Uh, did he's, I he's regular stewing and uh, mumbling, <laughs> lamenting. Angsty. Yelling at clouds. Yelling at clouds, yeah. <laughs> I think Helena's no. fretting a little bit. So, yeah, we're both having a good night. The feeling that you should be doing something, but not knowing what to do, combined mm. with... Well, Sam, stop in so long ago that you got out of the cage. Years of forest activity have left their toll. You'll have to chew over the same stuff that you didn't get a chance to work through the last time. And Helena... <sighs> yeah. Time for reflection is very necessary. So I'd like the both of you to roll me a uh, wits plus awareness. Sam and Helena. Just one minute. Uh, it's a critical six. Jesus. Uh, three for me. Okay. 
Helena, there's uh, a little more traffic than usual on the streets tonight, but Sam, you recognize the sputter of that engine, the little hiccup when uh, it hits every three or four seconds. Uh, that's Tommy's tin Liz. That's Tommy's Model T, and he's driving around somewhere in the vicinity. He also occasionally after- rings the horn. Beep beep beep. And after the third, and after the third pass or so, you're pretty sure, yeah, that that's Tommy. Uh, Sam bolts, uh, bolts to the door and uh, flings it open and calls out to Helena. Helena, where are you? I think we've got company. What? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy's in town. Oh. Uh, okay, uh, do, do you want me to come out? Uh, yeah, it's probably for the best. He's, uh, causing a racket. We sh- we're gonna... The entire neighborhood's gonna be, uh, waking up if we if we don't, uh, don't step out and put, us, put an end to this pretty quick. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, okay. Okay, let's go. Does the man not know tact? No. Uh, Sam goes certainly up, not. fumbling towards towards the front door and playing with the bolts to try and rip them open before, before uh, Tommy wakes up the entire fucking city. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks to that uh, six successes you rolled there, you do manage to get out to the side of the road and uh, wave Tommy down before the neighbors ha- have called the cops. So that's something. Dayton a sleepy place. It's a lot of residential stuff. Dayton Ardad Studios over here. That's something. But this is more out toward the boonies. And, um, uh, Tommy, you and Morgan do see them waving it from the side of the road. Tommy pulls the car up to the curb and he says, Ah, there you are. I had a feeling I'd uh, find you somewhere in the vicinity of the old dog kennel. Uh, I'll take rumble seat, shall I? Says Al. And goes and takes the back of the Model T. Yeah, Sam leans in the window and uh, just scowls directly at Tommy. Sure know how to ruin an entire evening, don't you? Hey, don't blame me. Someone else wants to ruin our evening. We're heading down to Flanagan's. Someone's got business with us, and I don't mean to buy hooch. They said get the coterie together and get your ass down there. What do you mean, someone? Yeah, who? Well, I was uh, in the in the process of asking them for their name, and they just hung up on me. So, uh, I can't rightly tell you. Oh, this sounds so bad. Uh, Sam quickly uh, hurries back inside and um, uh, looks for a little panel uh, behind the uh, behind one of the counters in the in the waiting area of the of the kennel. And pops out a little tub uh, filled with some uh, surplus firearms. Uh, most of them are rusted and um, mm. barely above function. But he does have his little Colt 1911. And he, uh, oh yeah, sticks that in a pocket. Sorry to go wrong with the 1911. They're really simple, and they hit like a truck. That helps. <laughs> if Tommy saw the tub of guns, he'd probably just laugh at these clapped out. Civil War antiques. A few of them are, actually. 
Yeah, most of them are like never going to fire again, but some may. Yeah. All right. Sam preps himself. Elena doing anything? Uh, yeah, just grabbing the usual bag of medical Doc- supplies and stuff like that. Doctor's bag. All right. After that, is it straight off to Flanagan's? Unless anyone else has anything they'd like to do. Uh, Sam would like to be uninterrupted, but that's not an option at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) As Sam and Helena climb into the car, Tommy just looks over at Helena and he says, "Uh, Looking ravishing as usual, Doc. Yeah. Hi, Tommy. (laughs) How you going now? Anyone got any business they want to attend to? See, I'm wondering first if whether or not we should uh, pay Lib a visit and tell her someone's taken an interest in us. Mm. Sounds like a fair way out of the way. If we uh, if we detour too much, they might mess up the place. Uh... Maybe even kill one of your friends, who knows? Oh, yeah. Said they sounded kind of, uh, impatient, right? Good point. And Mooney just got that promotion. All the training and grilling in my office, uh... I wouldn't exactly want that to go to waste. Okay, good, good point, Sam. Uh, let's head straight over to Flanagan, scope it out first. Sam just shuffles himself into the car and doesn't say anything else. And so you start making your way. I'll be back in a second. It occurs to me I should probably have a book on hand for this next bit. (laughs) Most certainly. (laughs) So, uh, Tommy says, leaning over the driver's seat as he turns onto the open road. You folks hungry, or...? Good to go. No. I'm okay. Because, you know, I can, uh, I can stop, rustle us up some snacks if you like. I, I already eaten, you know. I'm good. Yeah, I don't, uh, don't have much of an appetite tonight. Hey, fair enough. No, just, uh, last time I didn't eat and we went to a bar, uh, Poor old Sergeant Potter lost his, uh, lost his life, and, uh, word to the wise, uh, once you yeah, do something like that, didn't... it ain't exactly something you forget about. Yeah, I don't think I'm at risk of, uh, having the same kind of interaction. Yeah, suit yourself. Tommy peers out the driver's side window. Plenty degenerates in the part of town we're heading to. Plenty of them not caught up on their gambling debts. Just saying. You wanna buy what? I can rustle it up in and jiffy. Degenerates, my good doctor. Come into the casino, gamble away their life savings, their house, their family fortune, and their continue gambling regardless and now they got nothing but the clothes on their back but of course that's not what I'm interested in if you get my drift Helena doesn't respond but she thinks that Tommy is disgusting <laughs> of course as usual 
<laughs> yeah, nothing changed there. So it's a day ending and why? Check. All right. <laughs> the shortest distance is uh, over the bridge. Over the bridge uh, to the old north, then hop across the river back into the inner east through that tangle of factories and warehouses and past railroad stops down into the heart of Linden Avenue. And you can immediately tell that, uh, yeah, something's off with your men because there's no sentries standing by. Mm. In fact, there's pretty much just uh, the door to Flanagan standing open and a familiar-looking truck, old Model way, parked off to the side of it. Pretty sure I put the three new guys at the door there and told them not to leave under any circumstances. Yeah, our guests certainly uh, have no compunctions with uh, messing with what's rightfully ours. So uh, let's prepare for trouble, I say. Oh, I'm always ready. Tommy, Tommy pulls open the glove compartment and slides his fingers through the brass knuckles, slams it shut, and then he guides the tin Lizzie up towards the... up towards the curb in front of Flanagan's. Right behind the unfamiliar truck. Then he kills the engine. Yeah, through the broken and shuttered windows you can see a kerosene lantern going. Making themselves at home and everything. See a shadow pass in front of it as you go by. As Tommy kills the engine, he hunches over the driver's seat and he says, Now, I'm thinking instead of just walking in there, we maybe try to get a handle on who we're dealing with. You up for it, dollface? Uh, that in mind, I've been learning watching you, and I can take a stab at it myself if you're not up for it. Helena's look makes it clear that she's not going to respond to the name Dollface. <laughs> Tommy rolls his eyes, looks at Sam, he says, Broad never responds to anything I say. Yeah, I, I can't exactly blame her. Yeah, broads. What are you gonna do? There's a peel. Helena turns to uh, coming from inside the building. Helena turns to Sam and says, "So, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, you got a plan for this?" Making it very apparent to Tommy that she has no problem <laughs> planning with Sam. Well, it seems like trouble follows uh, Mr. Hinton here uh, pretty much everywhere he goes. So it doesn't really matter which way we go in, it's always going to go down a little bit dicey, I think. Hey, now, this ain't my place. This is Mr. Morgan's place, technically. Trouble followed him here, but I get your drift. If I had to guess, this sounds like Mr. Potter's trouble. <laughs> and now we're paying for it. 
well, as a Sergeant Potter's a nominated representative, I suppose it <laughs> falls then into my lap. Tommy yeah, reaches into his pocket, pulls out his cigar case, taps one out, and as he hunches over and flicks the lighter a couple of times, perhaps to the utter shock of the other kindred in the car, he rouses the blood for the blush of life, doesn't get hungrier, and then he just takes a puff of the cigar, blows a smoke ring out of the driver's window, and says, okay, so, how are we doing this? Well, it seems to me that uh, your men are absent, for the most part, for now. Hopefully still alive somewhere. Uh, hopefully you care. Uh, that means that they've got run of the entire place. Most likely. I think I saw somebody moving in there just a moment ago. Uh, didn't, didn't look like a friendly shape. Never does. I should probably try and minimize the uh, kind of dangers we're putting ourselves in. Let's try the As back. you discussed, Sam, you were interrupted. The door to the bar swings open, and a loud voice calls, You just kind of stand out there like a virgin with her first mouthful of cock. Get in here. Hey, hold your horses. We're coming. That is the kind of guy who would uh, follow you around, isn't it? Tommy, Tommy rolls his eyes again. He turns around. He says, Okay, Mr. Morgan. You go ahead, take Sam and Helena in through the front entrance there. Flanagan's got a back door. I'm going to see what I can find about these people before I reveal myself. And then Tommy steps out of the car, stands in the shadow cast by the truck, and activates his unseen presence. Tommy, you try to rouse the blood. Something's off, and you don't go unseen. Huh. I no blood know. lost, but it just doesn't trigger. You can roll me an intelligence plus insight. Actually, roll me an intelligence plus obfuscate. Intelligence plus obfuscate. Yeah. Work when I practice it at home in the office. Three successes. Yeah. And it occurs to you, a snip out of Potter's voice... Yeah, but somebody's watching you now. Eh. Yeah. I ain't exactly tried it with people watching before, but, uh... Is it the man in the bar door? No. The angle's wrong. You're in the shadow of the truck, and they step back from the door at any rate. Yeah. Who could it be? Romeo Witz plus awareness. So Tommy motions for the others to head on. And then, clasping his fingers around the brass knuckles, he begins to scan the area. And that is... I'm going to willpower that. That is a critical six successes. Mm, six beats five. Six was what you needed. Yeah. In fact, I will do you up a picture on Owlbear Rodeo now. 
crouched in the shadows under the a Model A truck. As you stepped in the shadow of the truck, you look around, nobody there. Look, you look down and you catch the white of eyes of a small black child of indeterminate gender. Who's under the truck with a knife staring back at you. Well now, says Tommy. Gets down on his knees, looks into the child's face. And he smiles and he says, Howdy there. And who might you be? Somebody working for the man wants to talk to you. That's all you need to know right now. We can Tommy. do formalities if you get through talking to him first. Tommy sighs. Okay, you made your point. Now, see... I could make you tell me who you are and who you're working for, but... And I could stab your eyes out if you tried that, so... <laughs> I got the feeling that I shouldn't do it. Then so... You're feeling that, you know, your feeling is, is smart, you should trust them, sir. I will, uh... Go and see what your friends inside want. And as Tommy walks away, he feels sense of disgust stirring in the pit of his stomach. He's not sure whether this child is gold or embraced or merely in the service of the kindred, but he knows that children, that's where he draws the line. Children and women, and he wonders what kind of monsters is dealing with as he catches up with the others and leads them through the entrance of the bar. Uh, they've already gone in a bit ahead of you. Follows but you catch me. up fairly early on. And you walk into a full bar. The kerosene light shows, shines on a rough collection of mostly men with a couple women. Yeah, an absolute looker with red hair. A uh, slender man next to her that looks familiar. This is the Irish man who was doing deliveries when you first got here. I'll go ahead and put the picture up and he's got his uh, bowl he's got his bowler hat off and uh, is kind of nervously rolling it in his hand. Tommy extends his arms and as if greeting them. But welcome, welcome everyone, go ahead, make yourselves at home, help yourselves to the drinks. The, and, and then your eyes snap to a figure that rises from a bar stool, a giant of a man. His, fe his features rough and scarred. His cap simple, five a small goatee and mustache, barely kempt, and a sledgehammer he's leaning on, well used, as he stares down at most of you and over to Tommy. It's rare you find somebody who can meet you in equal eyes. And the sense of raw violence that's pouring off of him is making most is making a lot of you feel all too 
well that your bones are probably a lot more fragile than that hammer. Yeah, I get Tommy, the feeling that guy don't this like. Is dread. I get the feeling that guy don't know what subtlety means. I'd ask which one of you is Hinton, but I'm guessing it's the ugliest one here. And you're Morgan Conley. I've heard of you. Imagine my surprise when I'm down at the mob enjoying the latest new movie and the dandy gets up and lets the crew know, lets the group know, lets the city know that the territory over in this area is claimed by Morgan Conley and his crew. Which is a bit confusing because I had a just concluded a business arrangement with the previous owner and recognized his domain. So, where does that leave us? Are you making a move against me, Mr. Conley? Coming straight into my city and making a power play, getting into my business straight off the bat? Well, it's... Unless I'm mistaken, I don't rightly know who you are. Hmm. Name's Sutton. I run the half of the town the dandy doesn't. I'm one of the reasons the Camarilla isn't up your ass right now and you're not out on a, staked out on the lawn to burn somewhere. So, uh, that'd mean you're Anarchs, then. The entire room laughs, and he waves a hand, and they, they stopped instantly. You're in an Anarch City, and we're off Camarilla, and you're out of Camarilla territory, so what's that tell you? You're yeah. new, aren't you? You've got that stink around you. Going on three years now, so, uh, not sure what your definition of new is, but, uh, Three years sounds about right. He'll surveys the rest of you. Well, you can introduce yourselves after I figure out whether or not I should care about your names. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that by deposing the previous owner of this domain and doing whatever the fuck you did to him, You've interrupted a business arrangement we had. I was promised good money for shipping goods, people, and sir, and other things to a destination of his choosing. Tommy... Stakes. Tommy gestures at Morgan, and he says, Well, this is Morgan's domain, so uh, it'll have to... Uh, final word comes from him, but uh, if it's deliveries you need done, merchandise you need handled, that happens to be my racket, so we could discuss just picking things up where you left off. Sullivan? Oh. Well, sir, it's, uh, might trickier and that, says the Irishman stepping forward. I was the one to be, we were the ones to be doing the delivering. 
and he was the ones to be doing the supplying and the retrieval of the things after they was processed. You gotta get a bit weird about that. Ah, yeah. This thing that's and, better than hooch, I heard. Hmm. I didn't care so much about that, says Sutton. What I cared about is the ten grand he promised me. Tommy ten whistles. Ten grand for that record is a fairly large amount of yeah. money. It's more than Tommy has on hand at any one time, and... So you can see I'm a mite perturbed by the loss, sudden loss of this business. Tommy just whistles and then he thrusts out his arm in Morgan's direction and he says, Oh, jeez, Mr. Morgan. Sounds like you're really in the hole. Tommy <laughs> just gets a dirty side-eye from Morgan, just... And I'm guessing the fact that you're here means you want us to do something about that. I'm here to discuss options. You've taken this domain. I would like restitution. But there's also another concern. Sutton says, shifting the hammer and it drags along the floor with an ominous... Because when the chaos went down, my man Sullivan says he heard somebody shouting that Shimmerman had sent them. And the hammer goes up to the shoulder. And I'd like to ask who said that and how the fuck do what the fuck does Shimmerman want here? Do Sam or Helena say anything in response to this? Uh, no, Sam's keeping his mouth shut. He's looking confused. Helena's like, she's less interested in following what's going on and more interested in appraising whether she's safe at the moment, like immediately. Because Tommy okay, knows Helena. he didn't say that and he doesn't even know who Shimmerman is. I would like, yeah, conf you can't, Tommy's showing clear confusion. Morgan, you've not heard the name either. Yeah, no, I would like... like... As the awesome Morgan's just gonna... And let me guess, that's another one of the power players around here? I... Before he answers that, I would like Helena and Sam to roll me a composure plus subterfuge. And Helena, I'll tell you without rolling, you do not feel at all safe. Uh, false assurance wouldn't play in here for subterfuge, would it? Mm, I don't know what I'm rolling for, really. Basically, he's glancing over your faces as he drops Shimmerman's name. Seeing if uh, anyone's giving away a reaction. I would add in false assurances here. Yes, this sounds about right. Four successes. Alright. Uh, that's true from Sam. has got a good poker face. Shimmerman's a murderer and a treaty breaker. Camarilla lunatic who squirreled God knows how many innocents away in that asylum of his. 
And he's right due south of here. So if you're working for Shimmerman, and I can't imagine why, because he's about as cam as they come, he says, shooting the glare at Morgan. And then we've got a problem. Does Tommy notice him paying particular attention to Sam and Helena? Hmm, give me a wits plus insight, Tommy. Wits plus insight, very well, very well. Two successes. It looked like he gave everyone a once-over. Eyes flicking around. That was a deliberate name drop. He's looking for reactions, but he doesn't seem to have clocked in on anyone. So Tommy's going to activate his awe. And then he's going to stare. Go ahead and roll for it. Go ahead. Yep. Ah, yes, because he would be aware. Uh, Let me just look up. It's aware. Aware or not, you always get a chance to resist. But it's just awesome. Most people don't resist. As as he looks at Morgan, too, after saying that, Morgan just looks, looks back at him and just... Well, there's your answer, ain't it? Presence plus an extra die. That will be four successes from Tommy. Alright. Tommy activates his awe. And then he... Versus composure plus intelligence. And go ahead and say your piece. He, He stares right at the man. And he smiles and he says... Why, that'd be me! Me shouting about Shimmerman. Of course, I didn't know who he was. I just... Just heard the name dropped and thought that's who... The folks here were working for. I was trying to bluff my way in. (laughs) You know, I'm new, remember? Tommy. He looks you dead, dead in the eyes, and you can tell he is not impressed with you. So go ahead and roll me a Charisma plus Subterfuge, but do not add in your all. Very well, Charisma plus Subterfuge. Tommy's good at Charisma. He is going to buff. Doesn't get hungrier. So that will be six plus... Yes, six... Plus one. That is six successes critical. Sutton nods. And suddenly seems a little less threatening. The tension eases out of the room, visibly drains away. And you can you're free to look around at the other people now, who are kind of shrugging and and hitting back to the sides. The redhead cracks her knuckles, stretches, nods at him, and and he kind of waves a hand back at her. He says, "All right, if she remain ain't involved, then that changes things." I came here prepared to leave your ashes on the floor. But if you're not involved with him, we could possibly do business. Well, uh, uh, like I said, I uh, 
Just heard someone drop his name one time, figured he was a power player, and from what you've said about him, he is not somebody I'm at all interested in dealing with, so uh, please name your terms and we'll be happy to assist however we can. He glances at Sam and Helena because he's fairly certain that Morgan would not be working with someone like Shimmerman. And he says, ain't that right, friends? Uh, Sam doesn't open his mouth, but he does nod uh, courteously. I'm actually going to quickly roll to see if Helen even grokked that she was being talked to. Because <laughs> she's on that much of like alert mode. Yes, she definitely did. After a moment, you hear boots on the stairs, two sets of them, and the redhead comes down with a rather uh, nervous-looking gopher behind her. Oh, uh, hi, says gopher. I came to warn you there are folks coming from the north, but it was only your guys here, and they were like, who the, who the hell are you? Go away, you beggar. My apologies that they treated you in such a way. Hey, I'm... they got theirs. They're in the basement now with a whole bunch of bruja fist marks all over their faces, so, you know, it evens out. Well, I certainly appreciate that you did not uh, do anything worse to them, you know. It costs a pretty penny to train them up and supply their firearms and... They may be a few pints lighter, so sudden. Hey, but they'll heal. Fine with me, uh. Fine with me, you know, I take what I need from them occasionally, and, uh. They should be used to it by now, I think. This one speak for you too, Morgan? He says, pointing at Tommy. Well, not for me, but they are his man. Alright, I'm just wondering who I should be addressing here when I'm talking business. We're talking business now. By all means, this, this is Mr. Morgan's domain. Feel free to negotiate. I'm just here because I supply the muscle, that's all. Tommy raises his hands in a show of cooperation and he steps back. If that's muscle, mate, you need to be doing some push-ups. I'm Sullivan, by the way. Says the Irishman. Tips his hat. Tommy tips his hat back, uh, Tommy four fingers hinting. Yeah. He's Messiah. <sighs> I do what he says. Well, it's a similar arrangement to, uh, the one I got with, uh, Morgan. Though he's not Messiah, don't get the wrong idea. Alright. Oh, I'll get straight to the chase since I've got a busy night ahead, says so Sutton. I didn't like Potter a damn. But money's money. And he was, since he was a mulk, I figured he might have a chance at taking this turret, holding this spot without Shimmerman taking him. That said, you've got into my business, so I'm, th I'm seeing three options here. 
And I'll leave it up to you as to which one you want to repay me with. If we already have to square things, time to recognize your territory. And yourselves. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a prince, but if you're going to set up shop next door to me, you best be on the good books. The first is you can pay the money that's owed me, but that's ten grand, and... I get the feeling that might be a bit of a big ask. The second option is that you come with me. I'm going to go have a little trip over to Elysium to register my displeasure with some of the things that Gambrill has been doing lately. And I'd like you to come along as part of the backup band. Can any of you play an instrument? Helena plays a little flute, actually. Does she raise her hand? She, I think she instinctively does, and then immediately sort of pulls it down and hopes nobody noticed. Hmm. That's a pity. I need people with less skill. But Tommy, <laughs> Tommy smiles mischievously, and he says... Well, you know, I used to dabble a bit in the uh, old uh, triangle. (laughs) It'll get you a violin. All right. The the third option, if none of the other two appeal, is simple. You bring me the head of Shimmerman. Sam finally speaks up for the first time. Since, since actually entering the building. Didn't you just say he was one of the most powerful men in the city? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. So you want to send us to our deaths? I'm giving you the option if you think you can handle that. You've got Mr. Conley with you, and Mr. Conley has a reputation. But I'm pretty sure some of you won't make it out there alive, but that's not my problem. 10,000 is my problem. Uh, Sam just looks um, at each of the coterie members one by one. I wouldn't call him one of the most powerful. Just one of the most deadly. Four against one. Uh, Odds are in our favor, at least. And what, (laughs) what we're being told, guy's a murderer, keeps people locked up in his asylum. It seems like a worthy cause to me. Helena just mutters under her breath. You really are three years old. You have three choices. I'm going to go take a walk and let you figure out which one you, which one sounds good to you. I'll give you about half an hour to decide. And he snaps his fingers and silently the rest of the crew shuffles out Sullivan in the rear. Tips us out to you as he goes. By the way, man, yeah. Is Boozy store in here? Piss. Let me know if you never need any of the good shit. And he pulls the door shut. Well, of course it's piss. If it had any real potency to it, people would be blind drunk and not come back for more because a single glass of the stuff's got them passed out in a ditch somewhere. 
I'm just saying, man, the bottle's worth worn, worn what's in it. Well, duh. That's good business, ain't it? Says Tommy. Eh. It's a crime against humanity. But then, uh, what are we? Says Sullivan as he shuts the door. And leaves. I'm really sorry. Says Gopher. I mean, if it wasn't them, I might have tried to warn them off or do something, but uh, that's a one way ticket to not waking up again. Hey, ain't no one blaming you, Toots. You did what you had to do. We all have to do what we have to do. Yeah. I guess I'm included in this now. So. What do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Tommy shrugs. Hey, you, you got enough brawn to take out all my guys. You may as well stick around with us. We might need you. I didn't take out all your guys. I showed up and they said, go away, you homeless beggar. And then the Bruja rolled in and beat everybody up. Hey, well, you, you gangrels I hear good at roughing people up regardless. So, uh... Tommy looks around to make sure that none of none of the goons are left behind. That the, the bar is completely empty and there's no one within earshot that could overhear their planning. Okay. You take a look around, give me a wits awareness. Wits awareness. Still buffed. Oh no wait, I'm not buffed with wits awareness. Uh, that will be two successes. You are hearing some muffled groans and snoring coming from the cellar. Yeah, that's about where they said your men were. Aside from that, you are alone in here, and a quick check of the windows shows that, uh... No, no. In fact, you can see Sutton out there talking with the kid. Who's come out from under the truck. So Tommy folds his arms, leans back against the old bar, and then he looks directly at Sam and Helena. And he says, so, Shimmerman, what's the deal? Spill it. Because I know I didn't drop his name, and I sure as hell know that he's not the type of guy Morgan would be working with, so that leaves you two. And, you know, if I'm honest, Morgan and I, we don't exactly know too much about you. You're from out of town. We didn't even know where you were staying till tonight. So go ahead. Uh, Sam wanders over to uh, a crate on one of the walls and kind of hops himself up on it nonchalantly, not seeming too bothered by the entire situation. Helena is rubbing her temples. What's there to say? Turned one night, thrown in a ditch, sent somewhere up this way, told to contact, uh, the Anarch said, wouldn't you know it, this is where we land up. So, so you... Know, you... I, don't, I don't know why we owe you information. I, I don't rightly remember asking to be stuck with you guys. Well, see, thing is, Toots, that guy no, out there, that. he was gonna ash all four of us because someone here said Shimmerman Sentin. Now... Um, five, technically. Says Gopher. 
five, technically. Now, I did my very best to defuse the situation as a show of good faith. After all, we've been through a lot together already, and I'd like to know I can trust you guys. But now I learn that... Maybe you're not working for him, but... You're certainly on good enough terms to say he sent you. And hearing Sutton talk about him, oh, he sounds like a model citizen, I gotta say. Uh, Sam kind of taps his hands on his knees, uh, getting a little bit frustrated. Yeah, and who's to say that Sutton isn't the one who, uh, no, not Sutton, uh, the Potter isn't the one who said uh, that Shimmerman might be coming. Well, see, that don't make any... That just plain don't make sense, does it? If Potter was working for Shimmerman, why would he be walking around in his own place telling people Shimmerman sent him, shouting it at the top of his lungs? And I know for a fact that could not have been him because Tommy looks from left to right, double checks he's not being listened in on because, oh well, I was busy drinking him the whole time, wasn't I? You see Gopher's eyebrows climb toward her hair. Sam shakes his head. I didn't go shouting anything. We spent the entire time trying to look after those doctors. That's all there is to it. Peers at Helena, narrows his eyes. And you, Dollface? Putting emphasis on the last word. Looks him dead in the eyes. She's fed up and she says, You want to know if you can trust her? What if you can't? Hmm? Well, then you're going to have a lot more holes in you than you did at the beginning of the night. Why don't you just scroll off? See, I concur. I've learned one thing from the life I've lived. And if there's any piece of wisdom that has been beaten into me since receiving Set's gift, it's that if you can't trust someone and they're working against you, well, then they disappear. Simple as that. Helen is in half a mind to literally disappear right now. <laughs> and I don't mean the way you and I disappear. I mean the, the disappear where, you know, uh, we cut your body up into pieces, put it in trash okay, bags. Uh, okay, okay. Look, do I look like the kind of person who blabs? loyal well you know i admire that but look we're in a we're in a position now either morgan's got to pay up 10 stiff and you know i can contribute a little bit but that ain't the sort of money that even i'm bringing in every night and you know i got an eddie to think of i gotta keep sending my cut up to him or we head down to elysium i don't even know what the hell that is Elysium, but it doesn't sound like the kind of place I want to be. Or, 
we bring him the head of this Shimmerman guy. So you gotta decide where your loyalties lie. I don't have any problems taking down Shimmerman. But like Sutton said, chances are we're all not going to be coming back if we try. And you know who's a good fighter here? You and Morgan. You know who's not? And he just doesn't even bother gesturing and crosses his arms. But, but, if you two are in tight with this Shimmerman, you could get Morgan and me, maybe Gopher as well, in. In where he's not expecting someone to try to bump him off, give us a little bit of an advantage. Sam doesn't even acknowledge what he's saying. See, I don't know how this whole uh, children are set thing really works, but uh, I do know that there's no such thing as an untouchable target. You just gotta do your homework, and you gotta be smart. That's a shame. I wanted to see you play the triangle. Hey! <laughs> we wanna go that route? Yeah, I, I, I'll be sure to give it a try. Just, uh, you're gonna have to, uh, fill me in on what this Elysium is and what... <laughs> What's acceptable for me to do, because, uh, look, I don't normally admit this, but Tommy smiles, and he says, I may not be as good at, uh, restraint and subtlety as I, uh, present myself. <laughs> Sam does his best, um, impression of, like, looking agape. You're joking. Al has a bit of a cough. <laughs> Booze went down the wrong way. He says putting the bottle away. Helena has two points in etiquette and one in politics. How much would she know about how these two would be received in Elysium? Um, you've never been in the Dayton Elysium. So it's hard to say, but um, going by experience in the uh, Cincinnati Elysium, probably pretty poorly. Yeah. Okay. From what I've from what I've heard, Tommy, the way you act, shall we say, would not exactly be respond. Be uh, I had the word, and I've immediately lost it. Well received. Would not. Yeah, that's it. Would not be well received. Perhaps. And I don't know how far word travels here, but if my uh, if my fame, of God. <laughs> all the words tonight. <laughs> it's okay, you're one intelligence too. Yeah. <laughs> well, speak for yourself, Al kindly benefactor. See, my bets on you would be we bring you along, place gonna be full of bullet holes by the end of the night. Well, that was gonna be my other point, was depending on how far words traveled, they might just, yeah, <laughs> might not take too kindly to me being there altogether. And actually, Helena, you can go ahead and roll politics. Anyone who wants can go ahead and roll me intelligence plus politics. Lovely. Intelligence plus politics. Tommy can do this role, no, but he would have no these. way of knowing about Morgan's reputation, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, one success. 
that's okay. two from Sam. Mutation precedes me. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> ah, there you uh, go. That's fine. Sorry, I'll just I'll just retcon that retcon that in. That works. Just... And you did bring Al on this one, so you can go ahead and roll me some dice for him. Just roll for me four dice for Al. Four. I'll go two. All right. So I believe two is the highest. Okay, you're kind of noodling it over, but it's uh, Al. You uh, sorry, Sam looks up and speaks at the same time as Al. It's a test. You rea you're realizing, Sam. As Al speaks it aloud, Sutton wants to make sure you're solidly on his side. By accompanying him to Elysium, you're pretty well confirming that you're willing to tweak the nose of the establishment. Or by taking out Shimmerman, that would definitely put you in the Camarilla's bad graces. And he would probably not hesitate to laud you through the city if you did that. Make sure everybody knows who done it. Well, hell, now that you say it that way, I'm all for it. Let's rock, let, let, let's go to Elysium. Let's tell them we're gonna ruffle the establishment and hey, I got this, uh, I got this guy suckling on my blood teeth, Lester. Now this guy knows how to throw a good shindig. He could get us dressed up, he could get us instruments, make us play the part of musicians, we could put on a great show. Sorry, I mean, just to, just to make this clear, run me through this like plan again from, from the top. Run me through your plan, Tommy. Well, he said he wanted people to play instruments. He said he was looking for people with less skill. And I figure, well, none of us are great shakes at it. But we can look the part, we can get in. So I got this guy, he knows how to throw parties, he can get us he can get us all the necessary equipment, he can make sure that we look the part, and then we just turn up and Well, see I'm good at the triangle, so I ain't gonna play that. So I'll give you the triangle and I'll take a saxophone and I'll just blow into it and make the big sound like Boo! We pretend we're playing music, but actually, you know, we're, we're just we're just making a big ol' annoying racket. Saxophone's going boo boo. You're a child. Well, you know, I am new. No, no, you're a child, Tommy, and you're gonna get us killed. So what's your plan then? Says Tommy. She doesn't respond. She doesn't have a plan. She knows it. Because <laughs> see, oh, I don't. Way I see it, either we go in and turn up at Elysium and annoy the annoy the piss out of everyone there, or we're going after Shimmerman. 
or we're paying him 10 large, which is out of the, pretty much out of the question way I see it. Eddie would have my head, mortal or not, if I just gave away that amount of money. Actually, um, I have two dots of resources. How much would that help? Yeah, same as what Tommy's got. You could probably, if the cards were right, scrape up about 500 if you had to. Mm, that's correct. You're right, then. That's if you wanted to, to liquidate all your dots of resources between you, you could probably come up with 10,000. No. Yeah. Not way. Yeah, so I won't be able to get much more then. Wait, so does Sutton want us literally to just play instruments? That's what he said. <laughs> See, I'm getting the, 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 I'm getting the impression he doesn't want us to play instruments. He just wants us to make a lot of noise to piss off whoever's gonna be there. And I can oblige, you know, like I said, I just pick up the saxophone and boo, boo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds suspicious, so this option's worth 10 grand to him, but the other option involves murder, so... So there uh, has to be another side to it. There has yeah. to be. He wouldn't shake off 10 grand for us to go and blow into a saxophone and hit a triangle. The way I, I see think it, he's I think it's... Us. Yeah. That's the way I'm seeing it. That's... Option two and three are both... We have a chance of being ashed ourselves. So this Shimmerman guy, what was he like a doctor or something? Neghead? What, wait, he said asylum, so what, he's a brain shrinker? Something like that. Maybe a surgeon or something. Ah, oh, hell, come on, he can't be much trouble for people like us. To get a name in the city like that, for Sutton to want him dead, and to send us after him, He's got to have some kind of weight, some kind of protection, or some kind of something that makes him uncomfortable, makes him nervous. No, I don't suppose you know where he sleeps. Sam shakes his head. Hmm, because, you know, if you did, I got this other guy on my blood teeth, uh, Chadley. The guy who bled out in the back of the car. We could just send him during the day. Got plenty of hooch around here. Make ourselves some fire bombs and bye bye Shimmerman. Uh, uh. Sam's coming to the conclusion that um, uh, going off to Shimmerman means that either he and Helena won't make it, uh, Shimmerman will die, and the Camarilla will be coming for his head uh, or they'll have to brave um, playing instruments and seeing exactly what happens going down that route and he's, he's definitely more inclined to um, to not end up dead most kindred are 
<laughs> Look, the only plan that I think makes any sense is uh, going into Elysium, playing it real cool, real smooth, and seeing exactly what it is that uh, Sutton wants us to see. His head kind of um, twitches a little bit as he thinks. Rika, he wants us. He wants us to see what's happening at Elysium. He wants us to find information. He wants us to report. Well, we dress okay. up as band members. We can sneak in, hear what's going on, take notes, and get out. There must be something going on in Elysium that's worth ten grand to it. Look, I just want to get out of here and live to tell the tale. Yeah, me too. That's why I think we should uh, take the undercover safe approach. If there's something he wants to know, he wants us coming back from that. Okay, well, if that's what you want to do... He looks at Sam and then at Helena. I, uh... I'm gonna need your, your measurements, you know, for uh, Lester, so he can make us look the part. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've worn something that actually fits. Anna, let alone show my face somewhere. I'll just tell him for you. Eh, we'll just say large for you, but, uh, well, Helena, every band's got got the pretty little thing at the front who's doing the singing. And you're going to have to look the part. You know, I can get Lester. I'm going to get him to get the finest little dress for you. So, uh, he looks around for a piece of paper and he sees one. Rips it off the pad. Holds it out and he says, so you're going to have to write down your numbers. Do you, do you take pleasure in this? He smiles. Very much so. Evil little man. And <laughs> Helena snatches the paper. And you see her scribble for a moment. And she hands it over. It is not numbers. It's just a really crude little drawing of Tommy's face. <laughs> Tommy grabs it as he holds it up. He's going, now, yeah, now. see, I, I was, in my head, I had you down as a 29, but uh, real funny. Life of the party, this one. <laughs> Helena's grin is the shittiest. <laughs> he folds up the piece of paper and instead of throwing it away, you see him just drop it into his pocket. He says, okay, I'll just tell Lester. Go with the 29. Yeah, 29. Okay. It's a 27. 27. Right. Really? Because I could have sworn... Ah, you know, never mind. Maybe it's a 27. You, maybe you've padded it a bit. 
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he looks over okay. at Morgan and he says, How about you? Can you hold off on shooting your irons for a night so we can do this Elysium thing? As long as I'm not shy at first. Yeah, it might be a mistaken. good idea to leave your spurs at home for this one, kiddo. Kiddo. Alice is quirking an eyebrow. Yeah, he just looks at you just with an eyebrow raised. Just... Uh, it, it was affectionate. I promise. Why ain't you fucking sweet, says Al. Oh, yeah, yeah, look, uh, I'm real sorry to do this to you, says Tommy. But Sam's right. See, you can't turn up there looking like you stepped off a cereal box. Uh-oh, says Gopher. Oh my god. Um, so you're giving away free clothes is what I hear? You're looking for some, I mean... Ah, what the hell? I was gonna say, I was gonna say it's not the sort of thing you'd walk around in every night, but I get up that matters for you. You know how to hold an uh, instrument? Usually. I guess. Oh, hey, you. Fine, I'll put Lester down. Five sets of clothing will get. Look, I want the saxophone. I already said that, but you. He points at Helena. You're on vocals, Morgan. Hmm. Morgan. Hmm. I think we'll go trumpet for Morgan, because you know the way you hold it, two hands, where it sticks out, big hole at the end, it kinda looks and feels like an iron. Maybe it'll be familiar for you. And then you, Sam, you get the special thing you get my old triangle from when I was a little boy <laughs> Sam can't help it look legitimately shocked this time he's not putting it on you ac you actually have one <laughs> yeah I keep it right under my desk in my office uh, it was Something of a dream of mine that maybe one day the casino might branch out into live music and I'll be up there on the stage. Ding, ding, ding. Sam can't help but feel a little bit, like, happy for Tommy. It's, it's actually like watching, like watching a child getting to, getting to perform at their first orchestra. He doesn't say anything, though. I'm guessing I'll get to show people to their fucking seats, says Al. Eh, uh, look, uh, I may be new, and I'm not really sure what Elysium is, but even I know you're just probably not even gonna be there. Works for me, too. But Pretty sure you weren't talking to me. Tell you what, though. Just so's, uh... Just so's 
we're prepared in case there's an emergency and Mr. Morgan needs you. I will give you some spending money so you can pick a nice little speakeasy or a theater or something close by and be on hand. In, in fact, Tommy reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a wad of cash and he says, I got this on me right here. Take it right now and start thinking how you're gonna spend it, my friend. And as Al takes it, he starts <laughs> counting through the stack of cash and he realizes all up, it's a big stack of cash, but it's about $5.40. Al jingles the fistful of coins as your scholar and a gentleman. He says and slides it in, giving uh, you giving Morgan a sidelong glance. Yeah, Morgan's just smiling back at Al, knowing that between the two of them, we've had more money than he does. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, you want me to should, uh, go tell uh, Sutton we're uh, heading on over to Elysia? Probably go tell the fucking swinging dick to cool it for a while, yeah. Tommy's right on it. He's already at the window. He's rapping on the gr on the glass with his brass knuckle. He slides open the window pane. He says, "Hey, T model's over. You want to get this over with?" Gladly. Just sudden starts coming back. So what'll it be? Well, we have decided. And I know this is just gonna blow your mind because you look at me, you look at Morgan, you look at Sam there, and you think, well, they ain't gonna show their faces in Elysium, and it, we, that's what we decided. We're gonna go to Elysium. I got a guy, he's gonna set us up, make us look the part, he's gonna get us instruments. And I suppose you just want someone there to make noise, right? You don't care if we're that's, particularly good? That's the long and short of it. I might have a few instructions for some of you. Once we get there. Well, we can do it. Like I said, I got a guy on my blood, Pete. And he, he knows how to throw shindles. On your what? My blood, Pete. Please, please stop calling it that. The fuck are you... You're talking about a ghoul. Okay. He's talking about a good. Just call it all. <laughs> well, hey, you Helen know, is like at the other at this point. See, in my business, you're paying someone off once a month. You say he's on your teat, right? Except I pay him with blood, hence blood teat. So, <laughs> all I know is that he's really good at throwing shindigs. He had this thing, this garden party going the uh, the other night. Everyone was there. Is there a point to this, or is this a blunt arrow? He'll get us looking the part. You can just say we're the entertainment, we're your entourage. No one will look at us twice. We'll be you have one nice hour to gussy yourselves up, then I'll pick you all up back here. You got it. I'll bring the instruments if you don't have any. No, uh, Lester will get that. We already decided. I'm on sax. Uh, Morgan's gonna have trumpet. Sam's getting the triangle. And Helen that's is nice. gonna be singing. I... That's nice. I don't care. See you in an hour. Sutton turns around and it's back to the truck. Tommy winks. 
he smiles, he looks around Flanagan's, he sees the telephone that he paid to have installed when Morgan took the place, it's hanging out of the wall, heads over and he dials Lester's number and makes the arrangements. Oh, sure thing, boss. Wow, short notice, but that's alright. I've got a spare suit. Couple of suits just back from the cleaners, got all the blood stains off of them finally. Yeah, no worries. And dresses, ooh, with frills and lace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nothing with rhinestones? She said 27, but I'm sure it's 29, so go with 29. Okay, mm you're the boss. Oh, and you know where Flanagan's is? The old bar? Uh, oh, that place. I've got a sister who lives out there. It says that some group of hooligans has taken it over. Yeah, that that group of hooligans would be us. So, uh... Oh. Helena is, at this oh, point... Oh, that's awkward. Just send someone over with the clothes and the instruments and, uh... Well, you'll have done your service to God for this month. Oh. Oh, thank goodness. Alright, I will get right on it, sir. Oh, Helena man. is, at this point... Straight for a taxi. Yeah, Helena is at this point leaving the bar out the door they came in. And, storyteller, right. may I suggest a roll? Ah, oh, what kind of roll? Oh, a loathing roll? No, actually awareness for the coterie. Hmm. Helena's composure plus subterfuge to keep it together. Sounds good. Everyone else She's give going me to be wits. screaming into her arm. Everyone else can give me a wits plus insight. Wits plus insight? Lovely. So Tommy won't notice a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if Gopher's And indeed he gets zero successes. Uh, that's four from him. If you're particularly insightful, you'll pick up that Helena isn't just frustrated. She's also thinking that Tommy is deliberately mocking her ugliness. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's like, he's like completely confused as to why this, this wonderful specimen of femininity doesn't want to show off what she's got. All right. How many successes did you roll there, Helena? Oh, sorry. What was my roll? Uh, composure plus subterfuge. Or etiquette, your call. Yeah. Uh, four successes. Alright. So Sam's the only one that notices so far. Did Morgan roll? Oh uh, yeah, no successes, which is about right. That's <laughs> uh, social interaction, whatever. Alright. Is he looking at All his right. Fair enough. Yeah, Sam's the only one that noticed that she is, uh, she's in a bad way. Uh, he's gonna shuffle out after her quickly to give her some reassurances. Alright. Jesus. Oh, you peeped there. I didn't hear a thing. Oh, uh, the, the mic didn't pick up the first thing and then decided to go loud, I think. What do you want? Hey, uh, you alright? I know that was a lot, but... 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I, I just, just overloaded. Yeah. It was the twenty-nine thing? That was part of it. Like, well, uh, this will all be over before you know it. Just like last time. Get in. Get out. Don't have to talk to him again. Hopefully. You can do this. Uh, there is probably a little bit of blood streaming down Helena's face right now. Uh, Sam, Sam's not very good at this, so he's just gonna kind of uh, pat her on the back, reassure her one more time, and head back on inside. Helena's lingering outside for a little longer. Smoggy night, humid. And in about ten minutes, there's a car rattling up. And go ahead. And, did he have a description in mind for Lester? Well, he's the uh, he's the socialite that I blood that I ghouled last session. So he's, ah, that's right. Yeah. He's, you know, your stereotypical 1920s capitalist. He's probably quite large. In that case, he stepped... He, he didn't call a taxi, he brought the car around. And he, you can see there's a chauffeur driving it. He steps out with the butler. Oh, well, I'm... Ah, hello, you must be one of the people in Mr... Kittens, party. He says, tipping his hat to you, Helena. Is this... Helena even acknowledges him at first. Right. He shuffles a bit awkwardly. He looks at the very dubious outline of Flanagan's bar. Good heavens. Is this this the venue? Uh, Who are you? I, I, apologies, he says, leaning forward. My name is Lester Krauss, a good friend of Mr. Hinton's, and, uh, well, uh, Right. Hey, that's Lester, says Tommy, stepping out of the bar. He's, uh, he's on my, uh, he's on my, uh, my, my, uh, ghoul teat, uh. Oh, Helena is like shrinking away from Tommy at this point. He approaches Lester and he says, "Hey, hello, sir, Mister Kraus. You brought the uh, requested merchandise." Yes, yes, Harry, Harry, bring the bags. And uh, there he does indeed pull out the items requested and garment bags and yes, for instruments too. Right, for him to pick up instruments yeah. along the way. Couple, couple of those yeah. black sound crates and well, lacquered boxes at this point in things. Tommy examines the merchandise. He nods approvingly and he says, "Ah, this is good. This is good. This will have us look in the pack." Oh. Okay, Mister Kraus, you're free to go. You have oh. been brought closer to the good Lord's graces. With your assistance. 
that's, that's good. Happy to help. Plus, Mr. Krause, he is really dressed way too well for this part of town. And he glances around nervously and says, I'm very glad to be of service. Um, God go with you. Okay. Yes. And he leaves. Tommy calls out, uh, next time dress down a bit. Uh, you might attract unwanted attention and, uh, Remember, first of next month, come get your payment. I'll be there with bells on, sir. His voice is drowned out in the motor as the car to life ends out. Well, now. In the bar, in the bar, Al shoots at you, look, Morgan says, there's a mark if I ever saw one. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, now, says Tommy, he carries the garment bags into the bar and without waiting he just digs into one of the bags pulls out a suit and disappears into one of the back rooms of the bar that's been repurposed as just a storage place for boxes full of hundreds of bottles of hooch and when Tommy emerges about a minute later, he's dressed in a showman's suit that's been immaculately tailored to fit Tommy's exact measurements. And somehow it makes him look even sleazier, even slimier than usual. He is not a crime boss anymore who's going to try to cause you to break all of the morals you hold dear. He is now a used car salesman. Gopher disappears into the upstairs with her garment bag and comes back in a well-cut dress that actually shows off her assets and hit cleaned up free of dirt and good clothes she's still hilariously ugly Jesus. this is no you thought it was the dirt no 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 this is this is a face that's really weathered a body that's uh, kind of rotund and, and by the standard of the time no that that's okay says Tommy looking her up and down We'll have uh, okay. we'll have Sam stand stand in front of you, so you know you'll look good by comparison. Uh, so it really doesn't make you more charming, does it? Tommy looks he over charming and winks to begin and with? says, "Charming? Since when was I ever charming?" Yeah. Can I keep this afterward? Says Gopher. Oh yeah, go go ahead. Uh, All right. <laughs> I already paid with the blood teeth for this, so. Uh... <laughs> uh, Sam takes his suit and instead of heading upstairs or into the bar, he just heads out into the alleyway. All right. There's a little bit of a courtyard that the bar is kind of freestanding, and then you shimmy out and again, not a problem. It's a suit. It's actually a pretty I, nice one. I envision it being 
probably slightly too large for Sam. Uh, just kind of like, not exactly hanging off him, but definitely not fitting him quite correctly. The proportions are just wrong. And it's not obvious. It wasn't obvious before, but now that the bandages are off, it's... Yeah. Does Mr. Morgan suit up? Yeah, he'll take his suit after looking it over a little bit and just... Uh, just heads off into a, just a random room. <laughs> Al goes with you and quietly stows your old clothes in the garment bag. I'll make sure no harm comes to him. When Morgan finally emerges, Tommy waves at him, takes a bow and says, And welcome to the 20th century. Yeah, it's good to be here. And that leaves Helena. I think you need to cut your man, your man's pay a bit, and this suit's a bit tight. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I told him to cut it for a cowboy. I guess, uh, I guess he didn't quite understand the proportions that would entail, but he did his best. Do I have the dress? Indeed. There's one garment bag remaining. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's gonna look through that and assess the dress, not on her body. Sure. Roll me a wits plus etiquette. Nice. Um, that's six dice. Uh, three successes. It's a little larger than expected. It's not a 29. The guy decided to err on the side of the lady's taste and have the distance down to a 28, but uh, it's actually not too bad. It's a little more daring than you're used to. What 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 is it doing in regards to revealing Helena's body? Hmm. It's going to hug the curves a little more, but it is a little big on you, so it's not... It's not quite enough to trigger problems by itself. No, uh, no, like not a lot of exposed skin? Um, not really, because he threw in some gloves, some of those long 20 style gloves to cover the arms. Hmm, it will do. Yeah, it's, it's something you haven't tried before. Look, frankly, Helena was expecting, like, a skimpy cocktail dress, so... Oh, well, if Tommy picked out the clothing, that's what <laughs> that's what it would be, but thankfully yep, but Lester Krauss knows, knows what is respectable right. yeah. at a party. Yeah, he Mr. didn't Krauss seem nearly works. so Tommy <laughs> as an adjective. <laughs> Alright. She'll, she'll go somewhere... And she'll also probably obfuscate as she puts it on. <laughs> Alright. Not a problem. Go ahead and rouse the blood. Just 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 to 
Mm. Remove any risk. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's a fail. It's under three now. As you're putting it on, as you're drawing it on, there's a fl- there's a flicker, and the uh, place goes to black and white. There's a sound of a projector going, and Yosiah walks in through the door. Helena, you have to. Oh dear, I'm quite sorry. Walks right out. <laughs> Remember to eat somebody. Door shuts. Yep. Remember to eat somebody. You're a bit overdressed for this movie theater, ma'am. <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> but humor aside, you're feeling the draw. You haven't eaten tonight. And when you head back downstairs, you're you're conscious that Al's the only one in the room who's breathing. vein in his neck. Yeah, Helena would be visibly distracted, but she's not obviously going to go for that. I imagine she sees, like, his artery throbbing in his neck, Mm. and her beast begins to purr, and then the phrase blood teeth drifts into her mind and she just... that kills it that yeah kills, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll do it <laughs> Helena reset your hunger to zero <laughs> alright does anyone else have any prep to do before the hour's up Tommy's ready to go yeah, yeah Sam's all, all fed up as much as he probably could be for now Okay. Yeah. And yeah, about fifteen minutes till you hear the rattle of a couple of vehicles, and you're looking at two Model A trucks, cloth coverings over them. Yeah. Yeah. Sullivan's driving one of them, and he steps out. Where's the bar? All right. Grab your shit. Let's go. All right. Let's go uh, give him a show. As they're walking out of the bar, Tommy walks up to Sam, walking parallel with him. And then he reaches into the pocket. It reaches into the breast pocket inside his jacket. And he pulls out a little square black box. And he hands it to Sam. And then he looks Sam in the eyes and very earnestly says, You take very, very good care of this. It's very, very important to me. And then he follows the rest out of the bar. And when Sam pops open the box, he finds a little silver triangle and the stick to strike it with. And there's a label affixed to the inside of the box and in a child's hand it reads Thomas Um, Sam isn't sure whether he should be laughing or feeling actually endeared to Tommy His, uh, his perception of the man has quite dramatically shifted throughout the evening 
uh, regardless, um, he uh, doesn't play with the triangle yet. Carefully folds it back into the box and into his pocket. Uh, as, as he wanders out of the bar, um, he uh, kind of walks past Tommy and uh, lets him know, yeah, don't worry, I'll, uh, I'll be taking really good care of it. And uh, what, do, what do they say? Uh, break, a, break a leg? Yeah, yeah. Break a leg. I tell my guys that all the time when they're trying to extract some cash from somebody. I, I mean, I suppose the context you're thinking of is a bit different, so uh, break a leg. As you start heading to the back truck that you're being steered toward, Al looks over at you. Morgan, you want me along on this, or uh, you want me here? Mine in the bar, so to speak. <laughs> Probably best you stay here, since Gopher's going to be coming with us. Nothing else, but make sure the car is still here when you get back. I'll keep an eye on things. Certainly those knuckle, those hoople heads downstairs are going to wake up. They'll need somebody to tell them what's what. Yeah. I'll slap you on the shoulder and heads back inside. And you file into the back truck and start to go. And as you do, you realize you're not the only ones in that truck. There is a young lady in a flapper's outfit. Looks a little worse for the wear, a little tattered. High cheekbones, aquiline nose, hazel eyes, and she's clutching a book to her sequin chest. That the faded title you can just make out in the street lights before the truck fires up says the collected works of Edgar Allan Poe. She quietly eyes you up and down as you load in. Um. Edgar Allan Poe, says Tommy oh. appreciatively. Are you a fellow alumnus of his uh, collaborative uh, works? Eh, uh, not really. I read The Raven, and you know... I even had a bird at one time in my office, and he was giving me the evil eye, just like the one in the poem. But I had my shotgun handy, so it didn't end up being as big a soul-shattering event as the one Mr. Poe depicts in his seminal work. Truly revolutionary, I quite agree. And... It's ironic that you should say that, for Raven is the surname I have taken for my journey into this dark world of lightlessness. Hey, it's an she appropriate one, says Tommy. After all, you live long enough, and people will remember your original name nevermore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like Helena actually is fairly versed in Poe and really quite resonates with his work. Don't have a cult. Fuck yeah, you are. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are you then, all fellow travelers, upon this forsaken road of Cain's curse? 
Kane. Yeah, sure. I'm just here to provide entertainment tonight. Tommy lifts the saxophone to his lips and blows into it. Oh. Yes. She says and raises a uh, juice harp. This is what I was given, good sir. Yeah. She like twangs it. I must confess the intricacies of this particular instrument do elude me. You and me both. You and me both. But I think... I think that ain't gonna be a problem, because something gives me the impression he don't want us to know how to play these. Hmm. I'm not entirely certain why that's so. I'm quite a skilled dancer. I offered as much for Mr. Sutton, but he said, no, you pay your fare the other way. And, well, he's calling the shots as well. Look, it was either go to Elysium or kill a guy. So here we are. Oh dear. I don't suppose, uh... Don't suppose the guy he wanted you to kill was, uh... Someone you necessarily, uh... Wanted to tangle with either, eh? I was not offered the, uh, chance to fulfill any particular homicidal urges. I was... This is my, uh price for um, tra transit upon his locomotive into this fair city and my my fair as it were for uh, refuge here for a little while while I mm, well I do uh, perhaps seek someplace else to turn my attention upon yeah, and yeah. secure my lodging fair enough uh, look uh, I I'm pretty new to this myself uh so, you know, more friends means, uh, what's the old saying? Uh, the more the, the more the Merry Christmas or something like that. Oh, well, as I stated before, you're Tommy. I'm Raven, and may I inquire as to the, um, nom de guerres that the rest of you, perhaps, um, use, utilize? Uh, Sam I? nods curtly and says, uh, Sam, just Sam. Oh. Just Sam. I'm Gopher. You say your name's Raven? Um, yes. I found it both suitable and appropriate them thematic, and given the fact that I can turn into one, it's uh, descriptive as well. Mr. Poe didn't write nothing about golfers, did he? <laughs> uh, I should hope not. Who's who's Mr. Poe? Oh, well, um, no, I don't. I I don't believe. It. That was a particular. She glances toward Morgan, sir. Uh, <laughs> After after hearing Sam and Gopher's response, there's almost like a, a light bulb moment in Morgan as he realizes what she's asked for. <laughs> Morgan calmly and he goes to dip his hat, forgetting he's not wearing one. She does use a lot of big words. Hmm. Oh, oh, Morgan! Oh, 
that's a that's an interesting way. Morgan Conley. Oh my goodness. Were you late of Kansas, good sir? I heard some interesting perturbations along the rail that uh, Mr. Conley had caused quite a large amount of fuss out in, uh, out in the western direction. Yes, that would be me. Oh my. Suppose the word travels fast around here. Seeing a rare opportunity to connect through the arts, uh, Helena says, well, if you're looking for Nam de Gur and, uh, well, Poe is on the, on, the, on the mind, guess you can call me Melancholy on account of my last name, Waters. Melancholy. Oh. You look more forlorn to tell the truth, but it is a suitable name. You're, I hesitate to say it, you have a certain striking look to your features. Oh. Uh, melancholy, definitely the humor. Yes. Have you read Hamlet? You could very well play Ophelia. Not Hamlet. I, I've read some Shakespeare. I'll give it a. I'll give it a read. Yes. We are. Mm, alas, going into quite the dragon's den, one would suppose. So, but. Uh, if we come out again, I would be very happy to. Wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 wait a minute, says Tommy, holding up his hands. I know there's such things as vampires. I know there's such things as magicians. I even heard tell there's things such as werewolves. Please do not tell me there is going to be a literal dragon at this Elysium. <laughs> I, 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 I assure you, sir, I was speaking only in the metaphorical sense of the word. Yeah, you better hope so. Tommy just looks there away. There should be no dragon. Oh. Though it is going to be rather stressful. I have a bit of a... Perhaps it is a rather forward question. Since I've only met a lot of you this very night, but you all seem very nice. I'm really rather famished, I don't suppose. One of you could spare me a drop of the Crimson Sustenance. Tommy looks Before over we Helena, that place. and he says, Right, the blood teat. And then he reaches out with his wrist, holding it towards Raven. Go ahead, my lady. I have fed before coming here. And you don't finish provide. the sentence before her teeth are in you and Tommy. Make a rouse check. Nope. <laughs> when it's between vampires, it's one for one. Yeah. So, yep, hunger two for Tommy. She's not stopping. Are you letting her keep going? So once she takes the first bit, Tommy pulls himself away, and he's not going to do it subtly. He's going to make no... He's going to make no impression that he forbids her from taking anything else. So I'm going to roll a strength brawl. Awesome. She will roll that as well. 
So that is five successes for Tommy. You manage to... You pretty much have to put your hand on her head and shove back as you ink it away. (sighs) She blinks her eyes, which have gone quite red until they return. Thank you. Terribly sorry. It's been... It's been quite a while. Raven, I know that name. This is Gopher. You're blood hunted down in Atlanta. You're that Raven. Oh. Shit. <laughs> Relax. <sighs> Nobody cares about that here. Um. She licks her lips, glances toward Tommy. Ter- terribly sorry. Do not trouble yourself, my dear. And as for being blood-hunted, consider me, uh, consider me not, not particularly interested in collecting the bounty on that seat. I believe in second chances, and indeed, Set believes in second chances, but only if one shows restraint. You understand? Restraint. That is why I had to remove my arm from your lips. Oh, I do. I do understand. She says, gazing at you. I'm not many would have trusted me to do what you did, good sir, and I shall not forget this kindness. You're truly a generous soul. She smiles and stretches out fingers. Unless you're stopping her, she's reaching toward your cheek. Tommy will not stop her. Helena is jealous, but she doesn't fully process that that's what that is. She strokes your cheek with fingers that are now definitely warmer than they were a second ago when you took her hand. Ah, you see, it is a part of my curse, good sir. Not only am I a caitiff doomed to wander alone and shunned by many such, but I also hunger for a stronger vintage than most consume. But I have sworn to do so only with the consent of those willing. It's been a If I may, uh, Tommy's, Tommy's from the well. The well? You can do with a better vintage than that. <laughs> My dear, and, uh, please do not think me too forward, but, uh, are you offering? Helena sort of, like, averts her gaze, and you, you swear you might see her blush right now. Um, you know, she can interpret how she wants. You know, this is, you a, pu- this is a public venue, and per- perchance we can discuss matters later in the, uh, there's certain to be some privacy. You some should point. consider yourself honored, Raven. See, Helena don't talk much. But tonight, I swear, since we got in the truck and you drank from me, that broad's got a mouth on her all of a sudden. <sighs> Must be something about you. Helena is just like 
trying desperately to hide behind her hair right now that she is also clicking her eyes up and down at Rube. La, la, good sir, you do flatter me. Raven pulls out a uh, black feathered fan, snaps it open. The effect's a bit spoiled by the fact that it's cracked and evidently secondhand, and she's kind of fanning herself. Oh, you can roll me your wits plus insight, by the way. Might I just say, Raven, says Tommy, I don't quite know what a caitiff is, but if you need friends, you need someone to uh, look after you, you are welcome in the embrace of Set, and I will be the one to bring you closer to him. Well, sir, I must admit I don't know which set you speak of, but, uh, if I would love the chance to discuss matters with you about it at a time and place of your choosing, after this is all said and done, I am new in town and could use as many friends as possible. Oh, yeah, I got Given a casino my dietary down. predilection, somebody who takes matters in stride is, a uh, Precious indeed. Oh, most certainly. I, I got a casino down in Haymarket. It is a casino. It is not a well. And then he scribbles down the address on a scrap of paper and hands it to her. And you are uh, welcome anytime. No pun intended. I got two on the inside. Wait, but pun intended. Way, but I, used I ain't a literary genius. I ain't Paul. So, Helena? That whole bit about her warming up a bit more to Tommy after she drank from him, she's faking that. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Tommy does but not I think have you're the only one that got two successes. Oh, yeah. uh, Morgan Summer got two as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely acted like she just got a bit blood bound, but she is faking it. Ah. Tommy <laughs> has a... no way to know. He. He hasn't felt the touch of a woman for a very long time, and that goes before he got embraced. So he's... She, she's she's got him eating out of her hand at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perhaps the other one. Yeah. Right. There is a sort of just a... Basically under his breath, just sort of a caitiff, huh? As she, like, mentions what she is. That's about, it. That's about all you get out of him. <laughs> she glances over. I fear so. My uh, blood is muddled and indistinct. Thus... Sure, it's lovely blood. <laughs> and then Helena sort of immediately <laughs> withdraws when you're hearing how dumb what she just said was. <laughs> oh, I thank you. I must admit that um, uh, nobody's particularly sampled that rare vintage in quite a long time. Again, with the almost blushing. <laughs> Quite forbidden. One does what one must. And with a rumble, the trucks pull up. And emerging, you find yourself downtown, staring at one of the four city blocks that make up the large structure. That is the Dayton Arcade. And let me go ahead and see if I've got some pictures in here. 
find the link. Too many pages open. Three stories tall. Several old historical buildings combined into one purchased and uh, made into one of the largest collection of stores, restaurants, and venues in the region. Gathering you all and walking you swiftly through, Sutton takes the lead. He's not got his hammer this time. The rest of uh, what Gopher identified as the Bruja spread out around him and around the rest of you kind of uh, acting as sheepdogs. And before too long, you're crossing through the Arcade's Rotunda. A great structure of steel and glass and supports. <sighs> Decorated with scenes of cornucopia and a r nice ring of plaster turkeys looking down upon the stuff below. At this point, time of night, all the stalls are closed and wheeled away and gone. And there's scant few people around. And he leads you up to up a set of side stairs to the third story. To a uh, oak and uh, smoked glass restaurant facade that is listed as the high stakes. He shoves the door open, walks straight past the waiter who kind of glances up. I'm sorry, sir, this is, there's a private party and... And opens the inner door of the antechamber, motions you in. It's... You can't help but notice as you go that these are thick walls between it and the rest of the arcade. At least a foot. Probably pretty well soundproofed. And you're led into the floor of a fancy restaurant. Helena, eh, it's decent. You've been in better. But to the rest of you, this is probably the swankiest one you've seen in a while. Crystal glasses on tables. Candles burning in behind thick colored glass. Table lamps that shed various colored light across the room. That bar in back has a selection of wines which has never graced Tommy's. You know, any of Tommy's establishments. And the fact that they're out in the open speaks to power and influence. Ooh, they got and the money. real stuff here. Yeah. And about three or four men and women wearing serving suits moving around between a collection of tables upon which there are only six people sat. And Look the one that. that draws your eyes as she stands, what is the meaning of this is familiar to you. This is the woman you followed last night, but she's dressed a bit differently. A tasteful white dress, a, a red fur ruff, a hat with a wide-brimmed hat with uh, fruit on it. On the face of a woman in her forties, hard life, hard living, worked every 
year of it by the looks of it. Sutton smiles and said, Evening, Rachel. Thought I'd bring some entertainment. Strike it up, boys. As Tommy sees the woman, he suddenly questions what he's got himself into. He makes a blush of life, does not get hungrier, sticks a cigar in his mouth and lights it, and in between puffs of the cigar, he brings the saxophone to his lips and blows into it. Boop! Okay. Boop! This is going to take you a bit to get your nick fix in, so it means that you are not going to start off the song. Honestly, I'm impressed that Tommy can get any sound out of a sax without training. Yeah. How does he know about ombrasure? Somehow it just he works. Does. It's set. But when you're undead and don't have to worry about hurting your throat or lungs, you can blow really hard. <laughs> now, let's give these Let's give these lovely people a show they will not forget. We are in very influential company tonight. Uh, I know this because their their booze bottles got labels on them. I don't usually put labels on mine. That's how you know it's the good stuff. The redhead bruja across the way strikes up on the drums. <laughs> Solidarity forever. Tommy crushes the cigar under his shoe and then he begins to quote unquote play the saxophone his hands basically jamming different levers and buttons at random as he blows into it creating a cacophony of alright so you are making random noises. Sam, are you actually attempting to match the tune they're doing, or are you going to go for random noises as well? Uh, Sam's going to attempt to actually match the tune. He's gotten it into his head okay. through all the previous experiences that he should seriously be trying to ensure that things go over well. He's not going to mess around. All right. uh, that being said, he's incredibly distracted by the furnishings and the, like, gaudiness of the entire situation. Yeah, this is uh, really out of your element. Yeah, and he's currently flooded with a lot of disdain for how the, um, the Nosferatu have been treated, left in the sewers while they, you know, get to drink fancy, uh, fancy brews and, you know, rub shoulders with important people. Uh, so no. he's going to try very hard to play the triangle well. And hopefully not and it's damage, interesting uh, that that thought's running across your head because as you're trying your best, your gaze strays across the room, and you see, holding down one of the tables by themselves, Torben, Richter, and an unfamiliar woman next to them. All right, Helena. Hmm. Random noise, or are you trying to match the tune? I think Helena is reciting the like the the Poe poem that comes to her mind the first, vaguely in tune. Alright. She's just trying to do something here. Okay. Morgan, you bothering with all this malarkey? Yeah, he's like half asking you. He finds a note and basically just holds that. <laughs> Alright. 
Fair enough. I'd like everyone to go ahead and give me uh, charisma performance checks, and we'll see how this goes. So Tommy's activating his awe. He's aware that he's just making random noises, but he still wants to look the part. Uh, One success. Charisma right. plus performance plus can add that could have been a bestial failure, just failure, just further from by the by. That would be very easily two percent. No performance at all, plus an additional dice bringing me up to seven for my blood potency. That is six successes for Tommy somehow, even though he's just blowing air into the saxophone and <laughs> jabbing random Here. buttons. Oh my god, he's a savant. Well, wow. uncanny. So yeah. what oh, happened is he was just blowing random noises and, and just bashing the buttons and making a cacophony. But when the band starts to play and he sees Sam trying to match the tune, it's like a switch flicks in Tommy's head. He stares at Sam and his inner voice says, Hit the triangle as the drum beats. That makes sense. <laughs> and so he starts desperately trying to match the tune, still not really having a clue what he's doing, but suddenly understanding why all the kids in first grade laughed him off stage at the end of year jamboree when he oh was just bashing the triangle as fast as he could. Oh my gosh. Alright. Morgan, that how many did you sense. get? Uh, I got a total failure. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Uh -oh. And Sam, how are you doing? <laughs> Sam got a two. Two successes. Uh, just a two. A two, thank you. He's losing his shit. <laughs> Alright. Y'all are up there making a god-awful cacophony. The, the others that Sutton bring along, the ones who were there is back up in the bar, they seem to be doing some sort of thing that uses the Battle Hymn of the Republic to uh, work her song. <sighs> and uh, Helena is doing a pretty good job of remembering the tintinabulation of the bells, bells, bells. But nobody can hear a word of it because of all the racket that's going on. Uh, the Every now and then in the breaks between the beats, Morgan pipes up with a toot that does absolutely <laughs> nothing for any part of it. Sam is actually managing to... Yeah, it's the Battle of the of the Republic. You know this one. So you are working that triangle and making it sing. But Tommy... is somehow managing to fill in the blanks around the racket. And as the attention strays more and more toward Tommy from the rest of the room, you get the idea that it's less a thing that they're looking at him because he's doing well, or because he's... <sighs> it's more because he's the least offensive thing in the room, which is a rare thing for Tommy Hinton. And he's also glowing like the sun because of his presence at the moment. That, that is a big factor of it, sir. It's easier to pay attention to you and drown out the, the music. 
And after a while, Sutton waves his hand and the music winds down. He still hasn't moved from where he's been staring down at the woman he called Rachel. And he says, Seneschal, I'm given to understand that you found an unclaimed child last week. Her name is Grace, good sir, says Rachel. She one of yours? Because I know that's a crime. An awful shame if one of you broke one of your own precious traditions. And in the back, Helena, you see a familiar face shrink down. You see two familiar faces, actually. The first one is Shimmerman, and he's holding his glass of wine and watching all the proceedings with a faint smile. A neat little, neat little man wearing a good suit, lined face in his fifties, mustache, neatly trimmed beard. And next to him is the other familiar face, Elena. Grace went and talked with somebody and she came out. Grace Coldwell, a plump young woman, about 19, brown hair, wearing a very expensive looking dress. Decorated in somewhat of a floral pattern. Uh, I got Grace. Sorry, I think you cut out on the first person. It was Shimmer. Uh, ah, okay. Yep. And I put the pictures up in Albear Rodeo. The first person is Shimmerman. And you've already had him described to you before. Mm. So I'm not going to worry too much about that. He seems almost amused by the proceedings. The other table of three seems to be uh, slightly more monstrous in nature. The one that draws everyone's notice first is a uh, towering giant of a man wearing a tie but no shirt. He does have pants on, thankfully. He's got pointed ears, his skin is gray, his mouth looks like it, the love child of a combine and a piranha. <laughs> The fellow next to him is dapper, wearing smoked dark glasses, with a face that looks like it's slowly being eaten alive by a mold. Mold that ha comes in spots over his suit. And he's got a hip flask in hand that he's kind of studying as he eyes it from it to Sutton. You can see his knuckles cracking. Sitting in between them, is a black woman, young. She should be pretty. Looking at her, she should be pretty. But her face is unnaturally still. And her movements seem almost marionette-like when she shifts. There's something uncanny valley about her. 
And Sam, looking at her, you get the feeling in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, she's one of yours. And you wanted me to put Grace back on? Yeah, I'll get Grace on. <laughs> Call me out in voice. <laughs> hey, you know. That's appropriate because Grace is shrinking back. And there's a nobody speaks. And Sutton smiles. A lost child then, huh? Where'd you find her? In your territory? That's none of your concern, sir. It absolutely is my concern if you're straight outside of my territory to cherry-pick lost children, then to add to your own little pathetic remnant of a club, then it is my problem. Oh, I like him, Tommy thinks to himself. <laughs> Helena does not like him. Rachel stands a little taller than Tommy. I'd go ahead and let. I'd like you to go ahead and roll your. Uh, oh, what is it for awe? Charisma plus. No, it's manipulation plus presence. Go ahead and roll that. As eyes start sliding toward her. I'm sorry, what? Tommy can go ahead and roll his charisma plus presence as eyes start sliding toward her. She is activating her own. So if anyone wishes to resist, resist, then you can go ahead and roll your intelligence plus composure. Same dice pool as before. I will be willpowering that. Three Willpower that for five successes. She tries, but Tommy, but you see eyes looking from her, that confrontation over there to Tom, Bethany and back again. She can't get the room. She says, if you must know, she was found outside this city, Mr. Sutton. Likely a story. Can you prove it? Who got you, girl? Who turned you? Who left you alone in this cold, hard world to be picked up by the jackals of the Camarilla? And the young woman is shrinking back. There's another path that was full of lies and softness. If you come with us, we'll show you an honest way of living. We'll show you the alternative. All you have to do is give me your hand. What is this bullshit? Yells the Nosferatu with the teeth standing up. You, you can't find enough of your own. You have to go poaching. You haven't turned enough kids. You have to get another one. And Sutton shoots him a look of pure fury. You 
don't know anything about that subject, sit the hell down, you old monster. I'll do no such thing. You come in here. Torbett! Says Rachel. This is what he wants. Don't give him it. Sir, you are in Elysium. Do you, you are in our territory. Do you intend to break the agreements? I came to play you a song and see who you've been poaching for my own eyes. And he turns his attention back to Grace. I'm giving you a chance for freedom. Come with me. Their way leads nowhere good. I saw that up in Chicago. I saw what these parasites do. She shudders and shrinks back and looks to Rachel, looks to him, looks to Rachel, looks to him, and finds her gaze going straight to Tommy because for some reason she can't quite put her finger on. He's drawn her attention. And he looks over, she looks over at Tommy and her eyes play over the rest of you as you're all in your little cluster there. I hope you're enjoying the show, ma'am, says Tommy, taking the saxophone out of his mouth for just a moment. You're Tommy, four fingers hidden, says the man made of mold. Indeed, I am. You're a crooked casino owner and a murderer. You're wanted, and you'll be thrown in jail if you're caught. Now I found out you're not breathing. Very interesting. Well, I'll end up in jail if they can catch me, and if they can resist these gorgeous looks that seem to have entranced you all here. Well. No? Says Sutton, pulling his hand back. You had your chance, kid. And he leans over and looks, gets in between you and her and stares her straight in the eye. I guess I'll see you in the trenches then. Hope you don't expect mercy. And she bolts upright, and as she does so, her face is twisting. Her hands are clenching together. There's some sort of weird face so thing. It's almost like she's bubbling as she runs screaming into the back toward oh, the exit from the bar into the back room. Sudden watches her go in the sudden silence. Huh, Gangrel. Who'd have guessed? Oh no. He says gopher and starts hurrying that way. So, uh, I suppose your uh, Bruja clan's gonna do some nasty shit to all those gangrels, says Tommy. I paid you to play, not to sh- not to talk. Shut the fuck up, says Sutton. Tommy I think nods. I'm done here. Entertain them for the few, for few more hours, then you're free to go. Debt's paid. He turns around and starts what? And hits back toward the door, walking by all of you, pushing it open. You see Sullivan follow him along with the two, along with the redhead, the rest of the Bruja shrug, and start up their second song. 
Which is basically the same as the first song, only louder. Ms. Rachel shouts, Tommy, this one's for you. And then he sticks the saxophone in his mouth and just starts randomly bashing buttons again. Go ahead and roll me another charisma performance. This time it's only two successes. You catch your lips move against the noise. You shouldn't have. Is what you read. You really shouldn't have. (laughs) Then she glares at the way gophers run. Gets up. Pat's Torben on the shoulder. Pat's sorry. Pat's Richter on the shoulder as she goes, raising up a little puff of mold. Then she hurries back after them. Richter gets up and moves to stand in the doorway between uh, the back room and the rest of the place. And the re- the other three people, the other four people in the room, just stare at the band. Shermerman gets up, moves over to the table, so they're all in one, and they pretty much wave at the servers who cautiously come over, pour a few bottles of something that is definitely not wine, and they stick in low together and start talking, shooting the uh, band glances as they go. Oh, but that neat little dapper man in the suit... He's talking and not even paying any attention to the rest of the band. Shimmerman is not concerned. Is anyone doing anything in particular while this jam session is going on? Tommy's just taking in the sight of all these people present. He knows who Rachel is now that She's been addressed as Seneschal and her name's been spoken. He doesn't know who anyone else is, but he's doing his best to memorise their faces for future reference. Because he knows that these are important people and he doesn't want to fuck with them if he can all help it. Uh, Sam has his attention fixed on the Nos and um, the newcomer. Hmm. Roll me a wits plus insight, will ya? Sure can. Ah, uh, that's a three. She does not want to be here. She... You can... You look in her eyes and you see somebody who's in the same place you were a few years back. This is all very new. All very scary. Uh, Sam tries to remember her face um, so that at some point maybe he can uh, touch face with her. Okay. If nobody else has it, has anything else they'd like to do, 
And then after about an hour or so, you see the uh, rest of the brewery brought start winding it down, backing things up. They shrug at you, start heading out. And as they do, you see Gopher emerge from the back. The uh, moldy man kind of stands by to let her pass, gives her a suspicious glare. She hurries by. She's uh, ripped off part of her lower dress. Just enough, maybe like up to her ankles. Not quite scandalous. She hurries over. Um, so uh, she says to you, the Seneschal of the city, how many requests are present? Ah, she wishes to thank us for the song. Well, I shall Sure, we'll go with that, yeah. Uh, Sam scowls and uh, puts away the triangle. <laughs> I was hoping they could have avoided this, but seems not. With no one objecting, she leads you back toward the back. Door proceeds into a long hallway that kind of wraps around, curved. And uh, past a kitchen, all stainless steel and new appliances. It's, you'd expect to see a, have a lot more wear on them, given the size of this place. Past a... Uh, storeroom or two, and into a series of little meeting rooms. Doors tie the doors that lead into small, into medium-sized squares with dark tables, serious furniture, nice paintings along the sides that show uh, biblical scenes. And a few shots of shots of Dayton. One in particular of the Great Flood. Of, of fire and steam and water where they flooded into the gas mains and set the city ablaze parts and it's under that one that Rachel waits for you Grace is nowhere to be seen Thank you for coming so swiftly. Says the woman in white. I appreciate a chance to speak with you before you depart. Miss Miss Gopher here tells me that your attendance here was to repay a debt to Mr. Sutton. It's about, about the long and short of it. Debt or just forced into it. Sure, take your pick. He is rather a forceful individual. Nonetheless, Elysium is open to any who respect the traditions and keep the peace here while they are in the city as such. I will not hold your payment of your debt to Mr. Sutton against you. After all, when one is insulted, one should always consider the source. Uh, 
Well, My I name for is one, Ray. I for one would like to uh, apologize if we brought any offense to you. As you correctly surmised, we were forced into this. It was come here and play a song or kill a guy, and we went with the safest option. Kill hello. I'm not surprised. Well, that's quite understandable. This is bloody business, our survival. And if this saved a life tonight, well, some good came of it. Hmm. I'm going to ask a question here. Um, perhaps I should, perhaps uh, we should do introductions first. My name is Rachel, as said before, I'm the Seneschal of Dayton. You are Tommy Fourfingers, if you're speaking correctly? Correct, Tommy Fourfingers Hinton. Uh, hmm. He thinks for a moment and then he says, Caitiff. Ah. Uh, she glances towards Sam. And you might be? Uh, I go by Sam. Uh, I think you might be able to guess uh, what my clan is. I have some suspicions, but I'm going to assume Nosferatu. You would be correct. She looks over at Morgan. May I ask who you are, sir? You can call me Morgan. Very well. And you, miss? It's, uh, it's Helena. Helena. I'm very pleased to make your acquaintance. As to who you have told me your bloodline, I will tell you that I am of the Ventu clan, and uh, I will spare you the lineage. As I doubt it would interest you. None of you I'm given to understand are gangrel, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Gee, I more shakes his head. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of dirt on my hands, but not that kind of dirt. No. Hmm. Well, speaking in the spirit of peace and cooperation, I wonder if you'd be willing to assist in a small task. For the good of the city, specifically one within it. We're always you... happy to assist, so long mm. as it's worthwhile. Either in the short term or otherwise. Young Grace. She's had a trying time of it. She was out riding at dark, and was attacked by a great wolf. And she woke up as one of us. Now, there are currently no gangrel within my court, save for her. It is a terrible thing to be left without answers and assaulted 
and embraced against one's will. Hmm. I think that we can all agree upon that, can we not? Sam, it's not fun. Sam knowingly nods. Tommy just shrugs. In the spirit of cooperation, I would like to find out who her sire was or is and where they might be at present. At the very least, she's owed some answers, I think. But given current duties and you saw the state of the agitation outside. We can't stray from our territory. There's too much at stake. I was wondering if in payment for this insult, though ultimately I can forgive it, if you'd be willing to undertake the uh, search for her sire. Payment for the insult, huh? So that some good might come of tonight, at least. Well, not an insult to me, of course. Again, when insulted, consider the source. But this was to be young Grace's introduction to the rest of the city. And it has been quite thoroughly spoiled. I can't speak for the others, but... Uh... If this is gonna make sure I don't get staked and left out on a roof somewhere, sure. You've broken none of the traditions, sir. Save for that of, um, hmm, musical culture. Oh, your first number wasn't too bad. <clears throat> so you wouldn't be staked regardless. This would be more of a helping the girl is something that we can all agree upon needs correction tommy just smiles mm. with all due respect seneschal i happen to be a, a leader among men myself and yeah sure there are rules and if they follow the rules generally they're okay but you know sometimes they just piss you off and well that's uh that's sort of like breaking a rule in its own right so uh i will do my very best personally to find this girl's sire for you thank you she looks around at the rest of the crew well you can count me in i uh Know personally what it's like to uh, be in this situation. If I can make her life a little easier, then uh, I'll do everything I can. Thank you, young man. Look, if it's to help, I'll do it. That is greatly appreciated. She looks to Morgan. Yeah. Sure. Not like I have any other plans while I was in the city. Now I'm aware right. of how it, how it is. She nods. A little empathy is 
rare thing sometimes, but I'm pleased to see you're so understanding. She goes and uh, reaches slowly under the table, comes up with a uh, newspaper clipping that speaks of one Grace Coldwell of the Coldwell family attacked and left for dead outside of Yellow Springs. That she, the, the clipping explains that she is recovering from her injuries and will be for quite some time. The name Caldwell uh, rings a bell with Sam uh, from their previous escapades. Mm -hmm. That's one of the houses you stopped at. Mm. The banking family, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Mm -hmm. Wow, that would mean she's only a night old. Few nights, but yeah. The clipping is dated from last week. Unfortunately, I don't have much more to go on with. She was out at a friend's house riding. They found her stumbling back home bloody and got her in. It wasn't until the uh, dawn broke and she started smoking that they realized something was wrong. That took a little doing to clean up. You all, you all know about the masquerade, correct? The first tradition? Indeed I do. All right. That took some effort to clear up. Since then, she has been convalescing at her family estate. The friends know little, but they might be able to give you a more precise location. It would be less stress on her if no harm came to them. They are fairly uninvolved in this matter. She writes down a name and an address and hands it over. Well, if this matter is uh, done well, I could consider perhaps a minor boon to you, owed to your coterie. Do you, do Anarchs have coteries or do you use another term, sir? Morgan here would say posse, but I think coterie is just fine. I will consider this a favor done for me, owed to your coterie. And perhaps more work in the spirit of cooperation can be arranged between us. Really, all we want to do in this city is lead peaceful and lives and recover from the terrible tragedy of 1913. That's all. Mr. Sutton seeks to persecute and provoke us. <sighs> but he dares not break a single tradition. So we have no need to war with him at this time. Well, better make sure he's paying his taxes then, because see, you can't break any other laws, but stave off your taxes for too long that's how they get you have you looked into that <laughs> uh do not worry yourself about my finances good sir they are well in hand 
She smiles. While you're here, do you have any questions for me? You'll probably find the rest of the court a little less friendly toward you. You can speak with them if you want. You are an Elysium. But, as said before, I have taken no insult, so I'm willing to speak on any matter you might ask. She glances around at all of you. I have one, says Tommy. You know, I keep hearing this name. I'm new to this, if you can't tell. I keep hearing this name, and I, I want to know. No, I can tell. Of course. <laughs> Helena giggles. <laughs> I, I want to know everyone's thoughts. You see, I, I keeps, I keeps getting dropped here and there. What do you know of the followers of Set? She thinks for a minute. Sam's jaw opens. He thought that Tommy was going to ask about Sutton. I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't recognize that name. So, huh? Well, it sounds vaguely like something out of a pulp novel. Perhaps, uh, in that case, uh, you just best keep in mind that Sutton and his Bruja, was it? Uh, they may not be the only ones in your city that, uh, may end up causing trouble for you down the line. Hmm. Well, I'll definitely have Richter look into this name, then. Thank you, sir. And please, uh, if it's not too much trouble, of course, anything you learn, I would be very interested in knowing. See, I've been trying to find out what I can about these followers of Set myself. See, they may think I owe them something, and, well, I want to know what the hell I got myself into. Tommy, I would like for you to roll me a manipulation plus subterfuge, please. Manipulation plus subterfuge. Alright. And I may not add my presence to this because it's not a charisma. Nope. So just manipulation plus subterfuge. I will buff for this. All I do right. not get hungrier. That's a messy crit of four successes. No, sorry, not counting up the crits properly. That's a messy crit of six successes. Alright. She nods. This well, roller usually tells you how much you got on a crit, but when you get a messy crit, it just yeah. says messy crit. Well, young man, if uh, you can find out who Grace's sire is, and perhaps and where he might be, then... I believe I will see if I can turn up any information about this group that you've mentioned and purvey it to you upon the next time that you come with good news. Much obliged, says Tommy. And then to emphasize his point, he steps forwards, leans towards her, stares into her eyes, and he says in an almost inhuman voice, 
I make sure my debts are paid. You best do the same, and we'll get along just fine. Roll me an manipulation plus intimidation, please. Sure. I was just playing out the messy crit, so... Um, ah, yeah, that... Oh, no. That works. That very much works. Yeah. But I got three successes on the roll anyway. All right. Her eyes wide. But that's the only reaction she gives. It's like... And as the beast fades back from your mind, you find yourself looking into a gaze of solid steel. And she says, sit down, young man. And Tommy. shut up. Tommy just nods and he says, apologies, uh, man. Ah, uh, uh, no, 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 no. I would like you for ah. to roll me composure plus resolve, please. Ah, she's dominant. Actually, intelligence plus resolve, please. Yeah, intelligence oh, yeah, plus resolve. That is a dice pool of five. Let's see what we get. Ah, dice pool of five. I don't believe blood potency gives me a boost to that. Yes, it does. Okay. Resisting powers. One die. Ah, okay, six. It's only one success, though. You open your mouth to apologize, but you can't because you were told to shut up. And you're sitting down. <laughs> Uh, she smiles and, and oh. turn that off. It's getting annoying. Your presence shrinks so she can finally look at other people firmly. And she looks over to Sam. I think I speak for the rest of the coterie when I say uh, we'd all like to know a little bit more about these uh, followers of Set. They seem to have been causing us some uh, trouble recently. Well, I would consider that a fair trade for finding Grace's ancestry, as it were. And if I can't find out anything, then I'll still owe you information. And we'll talk uh, talk about what else I can do for you. Uh, Sam uh, bows deeply. Yeah. She glances to Helena. Do you have any questions, dear? No, ma'am. All right. She looks over to Morgan. How about you, sir? Only then, if you have any more information about where her incident occurred, that would be helpful. Or is that what this note and this address and name are? Yeah, they're the ones who would. It, it happened over near Yellow Springs. That's a village north of Xenia. Small little place. There's a college out that way. Antioch, I think it was. But uh, the family that she was staying with will have more information. There may be talk in town. I don't know your strength, so I don't know how you wish to go about it. Some wilderness craft may serve you well here. Well, is there anything else? No? All right. You are free to go. Yes, you too. Tommy just stands, he doesn't say anything, and as she says, you too, he just walks out of the room, blank expression on his face. <laughs> Your hospitality is uh, 
most appreciated. Uh, thanks for showing us around. Of course. No need to be the entertainment next time you'd like to show up. <laughs> every, every other Wednesday, we're here. Uh, and she Sam taps the triangle in his pocket. And she gives a wave and watches you leave. Walking out of that office down the hallway and into the main room, it's like walking into a, an iceberg. All the rest of the crew have left, except for Raven, who's like standing by the door and fidgeting. Gopher follows you out silently, and there's like four, there's four sets of eyes on you as the last table of the Camarilla Court watches you cross. At least one set of eyes on Raven. Just as Tommy's about to step through the door and leave, he looks over at the table, who have their eyes on the coterie, and he says, Hell, you all might not know this, because I'm not sure how long you've been walking the earth, but they got these things now called cameras. And you can take a picture to last longer. You see... You see the moldy man sneer. Don't worry, we'll get around to that. See in the funny papers, Sluggo. <laughs> I'm more confident Helena would be my main taking a picture of uh, Raven right now, but she is not a more confident Helena. But she thinks about it. And the funny dapper papers man, better than the old bits. And the dapper man, the short man in the uh, neat suit merely raises a wine glass to you takes a long sip watching you unblinking Raven leads the way out pretty almost running as she goes oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god Uh, Sam catches up to her and tries to um, uh, stop her from just fleeing this scene. You find yourself walking up, click-clacking on the tiled floor of the rotunda, winding your way back toward the stairs. The lights glittering, glittering down from above, the heat of summer. Pressing in just beyond the glass. Oh dear me, that... I'm quite sorry. My composure was truly tested. They just all left me there. Do you think they made you, or...? Tonight? No. Certainly not tonight. No. Well, at least you can count that blessing. You made it into Elysium, and you walked out alive. Thank you for your most excellent company. I believe I've had, had enough for a night at the casino, you said? Tommy nods. Yeah, down a down Haymarket. Now, it don't look like much, but it's a casino. You just gotta step through the door. I shall <laughs> definitely visit again, Mr. Hidden, and thank you so much for your open-mindedness and versatility these trying times. 
and her hand brushes you brushes your shoulder gently. Tommy doing his very best to compose himself just makes his makes his best impression of a dignified nod and he says, "Well, uh, see you around then." And she hurries away, leaving the rest of you to pick your way to your various homes. So where are you? Are you having, are you doing anything else tonight? There's still about three or four hours left. Tommy's, Tommy's been dominated. His ego has deflated and he just wants to go home. All right. The wind has been knocked out of his sails. Helena? Uh, I think Helena is, one, feeling like an ass because she only just put together what just happened with Raven, and two, feeling very, very down on herself for not getting any attention really from Raven, so at least into her perceptions, she is going to be probably retreating into herself for the night. Yeah, Morgan will start making his way back to Flanagan's. Alright. Check up on Al, see if the others are woken up yet or not. He's gonna... On his way back, keep an eye out and see if he spots any opportunities to hunt. Alright. Let's see, you're an alley cat, ain't you? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, sounds like a strength or dexterity plus brawl. Grappling specialties apply. Five successes. Morgan, you learn to make your peace with what you are and take what you can get. But when you spot the cop who's in the middle of extorting money from a bruised factory worker, I'm sorry, this is this is all my pay. You better have more tomorrow if you know what's good for you. Else I might have to come around and talk with that little wife of yours when you're not there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, officer. Yeah, get on with you, says the cop, giving the guy a boot as he scampers away down an alley. As the cop stands there, in the back of the alley, counting his ill-gotten gains, completely unaware that you're moving up behind him. Would you like to start on Get a bit of a chase going. Or are you going to pounce on your prey? Yeah, I was trying to think of something because I feel I feel like Morgan's like, yeah, like part of his archaicness is he does sort of have that old school thing of like, you know, you don't harm women or children sort of thing. So hearing that does sort of like Okay, but it's like, I'm trying to think of something. 
He did. And he's a lawman. Mm. Morgan, your outlaw ways. No, that don't fly. Mm. Suggestions. You could you could use your lightning reflexes to jack his gun from his holster and tell him to run. Yeah. yeah. You could you could swipe his badge and taunt him with it. Or are you going for the kill? Or the or the drink, I mean. I was thinking that like does he count would that mean he counts as an innocent? <laughs> Well, to you, it is an innocent. Yeah. However, this is one where your conviction, the only law comes from the barrel of a gun, hmm. would be in play. He's representing a false law. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with the, yeah, as he comes up behind him, just yeah, swipes the gun. Sneaked. What the hell? He turns around to see if he, where he's dropped it. Bumps straight into you. Looks up at your face. The fuck? He winds up, goes for a punch, and the world slows as you slide in. Grab him and sink your teeth deep into his neck. <laughs> Warm heat surges on the back of your throat, and you hear your beast chuckle. as all that he is flows down your throat. Ah, sweet feeling. That heartbeat's fading now, though. Going. Going. Yeah, he's gonna drink him all the way. Gone. You're left with a stiffening corpse in your arm, and if you're breathing, the smell of shit will be filling your nose as his bowels vacate. But that's not your concern. So you pulled off a hunt in the middle of this city, and you found a victim that was oddly satisfying at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just sort of looks around for like a dumpster, or like just like where they, they pile the trash or something, just dumps the body there. <laughs> Trash goes in the dumpster. Oh no, dumpsters at this point it's ash cans. Yeah. Off to be taken to be burned. Suitable fate. And you head on into the night. So when Tommy gets home to the casino, he bursts through the doors with such force that all the patrons and all the goons stop what they're doing, glance in his direction. 
his face contorted in anger. Tommy scans the casino floor, his eyes narrow in on the roulette table. And is his friend from earlier in the night still there? Sure is. He's three sheets to the wind. He's... Okay. Okay, he's got a small pile of chips. Evidently his luck has turned a little. Okay, let's go for red, he says. Pushes all the chips over to red. Tommy... Sorry. Sorry, sir. Yep, go ahead. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. No, my chips. Tommy walks up, places his hand on the man's right shoulder, kneels in, and he says, Now, see... See, you were ahead then. You were chasing it. You were ahead. You had enough to pay your debts, and you pissed it all the fuck away. I guess my luck's run out. Tommy looks into the man's eyes. He activates his mesmerize, gets hungrier, goes to hunger three, and he says, mm-hmm. Get the fuck in my office now. And he points across the casino floor to the office. Here we go, son, here we go. Time to receive the sacrament, Tommy! Tommy smiles. Go forth and show unto him the ways of sinners and what awaits. Those who don't sin well enough. Those who get caught. Those who fail and hold back from giving in to the true devotion. Tommy smiles as he hears his sire's voice in his mind. He's all for punishing people for their sins, but he can't touch that bitch. She's the seneschal. So he follows his mark into his office, and then as soon as they're both in there, both alone, he shuts the door behind him, grabs the man by the scuff of his neck, and bashes his face into the fridge door. Go on! As he falls to the ground, Tommy smiles, peers down at him. You need to learn to pay your fucking debts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kicks his boot into the man's rib, and again, and again, until he hears it crack. And then he reaches down, grabs the man once again by the scruff of his neck, hoists him up, hurls him across the room. The man crashes into Tommy's desk. And then Tommy's... Oh, he's... He's... What state's he in? (laughs) At some point during all that, he's lost consciousness. So I'm going to roll his stamina here. Let's see. Amazingly, he's still breathing. Things are broken. He's bleeding. He's still alive. The lesson's sunk in, Tommy thinks. Now he just has to take what he's owed. He bears his fangs, walks to his desk and kneels over the unconscious man and drinks him bone dry. Alright. And with that, Tommy, that'll be a stay. Sure will. He isn't innocent, but he owed you debts, but that was definitely unnecessary torment. Yeah. So I'd like you to go ahead 
all that difference between Let's go ahead. your humanity. Dice pool of four. Two successes. Yep. Some part of you distantly feels a teeny bit of guilt. This guy was a sad sack, but he wasn't the reason for your... He wasn't the reason for the beating that you gave to him. That was just working off of stress. Oh, it was that bitch. That bitch made you kill this guy. That's obviously what happened here. Tommy steps out of his office, wiping a dribble of blood from his lip, turns towards the nearest armed goon he sees and says, Ah, what do you know? His heart gave out or something while I was putting the scare on him just to make Mm. sure he doesn't turn up again. Biggs will eat well tonight, boss. And he heads in to do the cleanup, and I think that's yeah. where we'll call it tonight. Two more corpses added to the list. <laughs>